You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now!
few who still think we're from England. We're not. No. We put our planes and our trains till we think we might die. Far from North America, where the buildings are old and you might have lots of mimes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I hate the feeling when you're looking at me that way. Cause we're North Americans. Our bodies. It's the Ron Fez Show. On a Friday, and that only means one thing, Eastside Dave Day. Every Friday, as you know, is Eastside Dave Day. How you doing, Davey? Great. I'm fantastic. I love being here, Mr. B. Thank you for the, uh, well, reciprocal. I was going to say thanks for the invite, but I invite myself. That's okay. <laughs> you can invite. I've always wanted to get on your show, too, but uh, Chris was saying that you guys are pretty packed up. you got a lot of sports guests. You guys got Joe Namath Saturday night? Namath is coming in. Uh, it's hard to believe. Yeah. We had Frazier book, Joe Frazier. He's <laughs> passed on. Too bad, although his house is now, uh, well, his gym is now a national landmark. Is it really? Yeah. It should be. And they need to give that guy a statue, too, right? Well, we got the Rocky statue. <laughs> yeah, that's and what I'm talking about. That's Philadelphia's favorite fighter. <laughs> All right, it's the Ron Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, big Nuts win last night. Yeah. And Lord knows what's going to happen with your Knickerbockers. Uh, the Knicks are, this is 2004, I hate to say it, because people are talking about the Yankees-Red Sox series, but the Knicks look so out of control right Terrible. now. They, they, they just look out of control. Yeah. They, they look like they, heads. they've never <laughs> been in this situation, and they don't know how to get out of it. Well, here's the thing. If, Mar uh, if Carmelo's shooting the lights out, they win. <laughs> if he's not anything less than, holy shit, how did he make that? He was uh, 10 for 35 in game four. He took 35 fucking shots. I'm pretty sure Davey Mack could, yeah. could be shoot for a higher percentage. But that's confidence. You know what I mean? When you don't have it, and no, you're like, you're give right. it to me. I can't hit anything. Give me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> He's had something like uh, 120 shots in this series, six assists. He's passed, <laughs> he's passed the ball and found a teammate six times. And those were accidents. Those were <laughs> unplanned alley-oops. He hit off the guy's head. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the basketball year has been a great year. It is. It really has. Starting with March Madness and now the pros, it's, got, it's gotten really great. And I'm so happy for Mark Jackson. Because he should have been the coach of the Knicks. He would love if the Knicks fucking fell apart. And he's sitting there and, and with the Golden State Warriors winning, beating the three seed. It was, um, uh, you know, by the way, last night I got a very ugly email from Jerry Barca attacking hipsters Wait, over... what? Uh, the Brooklyn win. I hope they go back to Hipsterville with their hipsters and their ironic t-shirts. And I just write, but it's just youth, Jerry. Stop <laughs> hating whole, youth. That was a sloppy win last yeah. night. The, the, uh, that, the Nets weren't playing exceptionally well, and the Bulls are all beat up. So, And whoever's going to win this thing is going to get swept by the Heat. Beat who's in front of you, Peppa. I don't know. I honestly think one of these teams is going to beat the Heat. <laughs> what? <laughs> A non-Derek Rose, non-Luel Dang, non-Kirk Heinrich. <laughs> they have one guy, yeah. that Noah kid, whose father was the yeah. tennis star. And then I, I think I think he went to school with Brazilian Julie. <laughs> I'm not even making that up, seriously. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Noah? Yeah. Did she go to Florida? No, no, not college. Oh, college. Okay. High school. Oh, yeah, 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 that's possible. Some kind of, you know... 
inter-ethnic oh, yeah, high right. school that they all went <laughs> You to. can't pigeon uh, exactly what they are, but they're all attractive, that's for sure. There's plenty of those in the store. Kind of light tan, but blue-eyed. How uh, come he doesn't take the hair down just once for a game? It would be the best look of all time. Speaking of which, uh, you're a fucking hero, Mark Sanchez. I don't know whether you saw the picture of him yesterday. I saw it. With the... Now, what is that called? Is it a barrette? Headband. Like. It's But a headband <laughs> is more like a sweatband. That it's thing... Mark, yeah. Mark Sanchez. Okay, that's good. <laughs> it's that's what soccer good players wear. Boys. <laughs> well, what yeah, is that? Yeah, girl soccer players. But that's what like little girls <laughs> wear to church. It's such an awful look. and It's just everyone in New York has got to be moaning at the sight of Mark He's Sanchez. I hope it made the, the back of the paper today over basketball. Look at Sanchez's gay fucking hairband. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> that would be the headline. Well, because like LeBron's got a nice thick, right. fucking like a thick black cock is on his head, and Sanchez is like a that. thin little fucking Ooh. no offense, <laughs> swish fucking headband. That's a no, good, no offense taken. And he's talking to the reporters. It, it's just it looks it's just <laughs> mellow. And he actually said something like, "I guarantee I'm going to be the quarterback. I'm the starter." Why didn't you guarantee it last year, asshole? Because you blew. <laughs> Butt fumble. It's oh, going to go down in, in history for that. People just be chanting Geno two games in. Yeah. Or three interceptions I hope everyone in. brings back the Everyone Goes to Geno's fucking song. Maybe they're just hungry. They want a cheesesteak. I don't know. I'd walk past that fucking place. I always, I, I always get surprised when, like, the, you know, like Geno Smith, and he's not, like, an Italian-looking guy. I mean, he's a, he's a good quarterback, right? but it's just it's confusing to me. You want everybody to sit, fit into their ethnic fucking... <laughs> place in life. Uh, no, I just... The the names usually fit the way the guy looks like. That's all. I mean, a guy named Gino... This guy stinks of Gino, if you ask me. <laughs> um, Alright, up on the iBank today. Now, I'm going to ask you this, Chris. What do you think more people have been interested in so far? Amanda Bynes' topless or Teen Mom's uh, porn screen caps? I'm going to guess screen caps. Davey Mac? Uh, Amanda Bynes... Because uh, bigger celebrity, Davy Mack is one hundred percent right. Thank you. Over what porn, over porn, this weird little girl who's breaking down and taking pictures of her titties. Totally, just totally off the rails. Just totally. What show was she again? Um, she was just a child star, and I, I like I couldn't even tell you what the name of the show was. There it, had to be a show. You're not just a child star, just like a famous child for no reason. Oh, all that? No, so what I like about you, I believe. That's what, what I like about you. <laughs> and all that and the Amanda show on Nickelodeon. See, these are all Nickelodeon shows. Yeah. And you got to be fucking Sam to know what those are. <laughs> he was on four episodes with her. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was fucking 18, but like five. <laughs> but he was the only teenager with a baba. <laughs> I couldn't believe he was 13. But yeah, here she is. She's complaining that she's Jesus fat. Christ. She's complaining she needs to lose 20 pounds. You ain't fat, honey. Yeah. I'm going to Photoshop myself <laughs> in that thing right now. Yeah, and then have lightning bolts hit you. And put it on Instagram. <laughs> put it on Pinterest. Uh, and then let's see the other one. Um, the the porn girl. Okay, here's... here's What's she? She's teen mom? She's teen mom, yeah. And this is from her sex tape with... Uh, James Dean, backdoor teen mom. James Dean? Not the one that you're thinking of from okay. the 1950s. <laughs> She's sleeping with a corpse. 
right, Teen Mom. What's she doing with her ass in the second picture there? Well, it's Backdoor Teen Mom. That's the title of it. It so looks like she's sticking a uh, dildo in her ass. <laughs> I was going to say. She's picking or something. But it looks like she right. went for the fucking deal on the tit job. Yeah, she and did. And just got the really cheap one. Well, I don't think MTV pays very well. That's all right. I mean, those tits are actually hard. They're like fucking hard cones. She should lay on her back if there's a traffic accident. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do, though, you know? But isn't that... I mean, if you would normally look, you would look at the porn pics over the Amanda Bynes. Uh, people love those celebrities with those things. Like that girl on the CBS show... Uh, what was her name? Kat Dennings? Kat Dennings, the, the, yes. the, the two drunk or two cheap girls? Yeah, I got no problem with that, though. Yeah. Those, Kat Dennings uh, is all natural. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People love those pictures. What's not the love? Oh, trust me. I'm not complaining here, It Mr. seems Big. like you complain, like you got a bitch about No, but it. I mean, like, I follow her. I follow Kat Dennings on Instagram, and, like, today... <laughs> what a weird thing she, to say. She put, like, um, pictures of just, like, two uh, cups of coffee, and it was, like, me and my friend, who's also a hot chick, and that's all she does, is put the, the coffee or the food or, like, a strudel. <laughs> like, you're mm. Kat Dennings. <laughs> Don't mm. put a fucking Twinkie picture up on Instagram. Here's Kat Dennings. Here's, I found another picture of her. Yeah. What the hell is this? That's Kat Dennings. It's, is it really her? <laughs> God damn it, I hate the lies. I believe that was photoshopped. I hate the photoshop. <laughs> uh, so, alright, just turn that off. I used, to straight porn. I used to, in like, when I first had the internet and knew how to surf, like 2001, all I did was surf uh, fake Christina Aguilera pictures. <laughs> and it was the, well, like, I think one time. By the I, way, were you the, the last person on the internet in 2001? <laughs> I, I, it took me a long time to grasp what to do. I knew email, and then I was like, where, where, where do you go? A search box? This yeah. is weird. But I think like one time it was like a black body in Christina Aguilera's head with a dick going into her mouth. But I, that's all I. I, I, I remember them. the first time that I, I saw those pictures. I'm like, why did she pose for this? <laughs> How'd this come out? Somebody sued. Oh, Teen Steam. Teen Steam sued and won uh, under this is not my this is not my body. <laughs> that's my head, but not my body. Yeah, I'm not sure you can get away with that. I think photoshopping is legal. After all, I wasn't in Vietnam, but I've used that Photoshop as my Twitter uh, See, banner. People really get mad at that. Yeah, I got a tweet from some guy who said my uncle um, was like around when that guy got shot and thought it was insensitive. But I'm like, well, then Photoshop me something cool. Yeah, <laughs> Photoshop me into a 9-11 picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking, suddenly Dave is helping to put up the flag that on 9-11. <laughs> And then the sad thing in that picture was we had the only fat fireman in New York. <laughs> and then his picture got in there. Um, lots of stuff going up on the iBank today. Davey Mack sitting in with us because it's Friday and he's here every single Friday. Mm -hmm. You got a big meeting down the hall today, huh? I do. Yeah, I'm going to run out uh, real quick and then come back. A uh, big meeting with one of the bosses. We're going to see where that takes me. All right. I'm very excited for it. So I'm actually slightly nervous here. It's good to have you here be. among friends. Yeah. I, I'm feeling a little bit calmed down. Well, you should be we because uh, T-shirts against the suits is as old as this business. <laughs> it does, it's I, on I, now. I, I feel I, I'm, I'm a little bit wired for this thing. Well, just gotta settle down, realize, <laughs> and realize it's gonna go nowhere. You know, I don't know why I'm putting pressure on myself. 
Just realize, hey. I always, you know what? Picture yourself in your underwear. That's <laughs> the best thing before you go into an That's interview. That's what's making me nervous. <laughs> I'm telling you, the uh, the the problem is they. The, uh, and again, I'm, th I'm thankful for the meeting, but the meeting's been canceled and rescheduled so sure. many times. So I start thinking, oh man, fuck David Mack. No, you know what? I get the same fucking thing, and so does everybody else. You do works. okay, because the reality of it is we don't have enough VPs. <laughs> right. There's not really enough of those guys, <laughs> and they are. They do have awful jobs. They're just constantly in yeah. meetings, and they which is the worst thing in the world. Oh yeah, they have to meet with fucking schmizbos like me, for right. instance. Like he, fifteen minutes of his day is just, hey man, anything good? Anything that, that David Mack can be attached of here at the company? You know, that's my pitch. I really should have thought about this meeting right. at a more professional level. No plan, not even a PowerPoint. Well, I know you asked about the Entertainment uh, Weekly, and I told you it was very right. weird and outside the business. Yeah. And now uh, ONA said that they are going to go to war with them. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they, they hate them. All right. That's cool. Are you guys going to war with them? Sure. Oh, good. I have a problem. Well, then I'm at war. Go war. Yeah, we're all at war. <laughs> it's a world at war. Oh, I love a nice <laughs> war. Trust me. It's one thing I enjoy. I'm like fucking Patton. Um, well, that was if, if, you know what, uh, I, you brought this up to me before, but I thought of it because somebody said, I had two kinds of pictures. One that says, I didn't know, uh, Dave played guitar, <laughs> or I didn't know Louis C.K. was a jockey. And it's that thing that you brought up before about every redhead person you yeah. get put in with. Now it's either you or Louis C.K. Yeah. It. I know, I, I get it all the time, and uh, yeah, Glenn Hansard, if that's who you're talking about, there's some redheaded guy who is, I get constantly, because he has a new album out, and people think it's me on the fucking cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's the, this is, this is all this over the, the, the uh, subways. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people are like, hey, man, I love your new album. I'm like, that's Glenn Hansard. And so I actually tweeted at Glenn Hansard uh, that uh, he better stop stealing my look, otherwise I'm going to sue. So, but he hasn't replied. See, but he's um, a lawyer, so you can actually go through with the suing. Dude, I, I got, like, a tweet yesterday on uh, there was some uh, redheaded guy it might still be Scalabrini but he's not playing for the Chicago Bulls he was sitting like behind the bench and I'm still getting the Scalabrini like I look nothing like fucking Brian Scalabrini for Christ's sakes he doesn't even have a beard Oh, man. Hey, Steve's assistant is on for us. Oh. For your meeting I guess. All right. Hey, uh, what's up dude? Hi, yes. Is Davey there? Yeah, yes. he's here. Yeah. Uh, Dave? Yeah. Dave, hey, I got bad news. Um, we're going to have to postpone your meeting one more Son of a bitch. Time. Son of a bitch! Dave, is this really you, Matt? That's Matt. That's Matt. Matt Fasto! The good news is we can reschedule in, in June. That is good news. That's positive. Is this him calling up? It sounds like a definite. Yeah. Right, let's put a pin in this one. That, yeah, it's Matt. <laughs> Matt, you're fucking dead now. I don't even say that. <laughs> Was that him? What's this box for? Uh, I brought that in for you, Ron. You know what I like. I like. I, I enjoy bringing gifts. <laughs> I don't. I don't you, know if I want to see this. More gifts. You want to see it now? Or? Yeah. Okay. Let's take a look at it. Um, this is for you, I guess. And this is uh, these are uh, shirts that uh, a couple people designed. I think their names are Liz and at Airborne Ranger. This is the Pepper Keat, oh. Ron and Fez shirt. Jesus Christ. These are uh, really for us? These are really for you. Uh, I got sent to me uh, in my right. home, right. <laughs> so I brought them from New Jersey that's, today. That's what you people are up to. They were made by Liz and at Airborne Ranger on Twitter. Here's what we ought to do. Uh, 
Can we get a Burn picture them? of this? No, let's get a picture of this up. And Chris, let's have you sign one. How about he wears it, too? I ain't wearing it. <laughs> I, I have no, no class. Chance. I have wow. no class. I have three shirts with my fucking dumb face on them, and any time I go somewhere, I, I put them on. You know what's really embarrassing? <laughs> I would laugh at you, except for I see stuff from me when I start at radio, and I'm wearing my own shirts. <laughs> and a lot of shots. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You want me to hold it? Just hold it. You won't be in. I'll just just so I can get the. Picture. I'll take the picture. Of you. I think we probably have a, even a picture online somewhere. If Liz would send us like maybe a good picture, because I don't want it to come out shitty. It's a beautiful design. I'll tell you that. Much. It's crap. I'm not sure. I don't know. You know. I want the mess messenger killed. I'm not sure exactly the meaning, but I know that the pepper. Liz keeps... actually drew that, right? Yeah, now, was really, it yes. freehand, or did she catch you on your perch and then trace it? <laughs> See, I have, um... When did you become a bird? I don't have the body of That's a bird. That's what Ron's inquiring. Why don't you get associated with animals? I don't get it. What's your people's problem? This is why he only pays $500 a month in rent, because he lives in a branch. <laughs> You're a jerk. And what is he wearing? Like a Ron Fez dog tag. That kind of is cool. Yeah, it is kind of like cool. Like Ron Fez dog tags I'll wear. I'm wearing yeah. some uh, dog tags of uh, somebody. Sailor Jerry. Is his name? Oh. Like, and Sailor, Sailor Jerry Rum. What are you dating him now? <laughs> He's in the Navy. <laughs> Drunk in the I, Navy. I found him in spring cleaning. <laughs> what? I guess it was the, from a bottle. I found him in the, the back of my closet in spring cleaning. I was like, oh, I think I could do a, a dog tags thing, but I'd, I'd prefer a run of Fez dog tags over some fucking rum company that I never drink. Well, I'd rather do like a like a a saint medallion. And it'll just be like we're Catholic saints. That's, uh, that's really cool. <laughs> that's what? Yours now. It would be amazingly expensive. Look how mad he gets. I took a sip of his water because I, I, I got dry mouth. I don't want them. <laughs> I hey, like Mr. B, yeah. I have a moral di uh, dilemma for you. <laughs> right. oh, oh, no. Oh, no. It's a moral conundrum. Dilemma! <laughs> I'm sorry, moral conundrum. And, um, I okay, forgot give the name. it to me. And, uh, okay, you have um, uh, a friend who you work with at least twice a week, and uh, you want to bet some money on the Kentucky Derby. Right. Okay? Um, and you know for a fact that this friend is a gambling degenerate. The, you bring in fifty dollars for this guy, mm -hmm. and he refuses to lay down the bet for you. What the shit? What the shit is going on? And let's just say that this friend mm -hmm. lives on a branch in Astoria, Queens. He's only in for himself, apparently. What's the problem with the action? He's been texting me since eight o'clock in the morning yesterday about this. <laughs> I told him you can make your own account like an adult. And make your own bet. Can't. I can't bet in New Jersey. He gave me a website. I tried. They say you cannot Why bet. Why are you trying to bet? I know that this horse is going to win the fucking Kentucky Derby. And I'll write it down for you because I don't want people impeding yeah. on my action. I know for a fact. Because I What's have, it pay, Pep? Do you know? Uh, it's paid out five to one, this horse. I'm not giving the uh, the thing to to uh, to the, the national radio audience because I don't want them ruining the Certainly odds. So. One to one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want people doing it. What is uh, and what, what do you know about this horse? Okay, th this is what I know. Besides the fact that again, I don't want to give out information, but one of the owners is a very famous basketball coach who won the national <laughs> championship. Yeah, but that's. No reason. Number clue. one. Number two. I watched six. I, I had insomnia two nights ago. All of a sudden, 60 Minutes Sports is on. That's their, you know, yeah. real sports. And uh, they had a thing about a trainer. Uh, this guy's name is Doug O'Neill. And all of a sudden, 
oh, he happens to be training this horse. And number three, I had a dream about the horse last night. Oh, that's all I need to hear. That was my trifecta. That's all I need to hear. Forget all the other shit. You had a fucking dream about I it? I had a dream of, of winning with this horse, watching it. But, Pep, why won't you fucking do this for him? I want him to set up his own account so he can gamble on his own. But I'm so not going to become a gambler. That's what he understands. I'm not a gambling type of guy. I have enough vices. Chris, yeah. is this some reason where you fucked up that account? And <laughs> no, I didn't even think of that. No. Yes, you did, you liar. No. Oh, Ronnie B just solved the fucking mystery. If he wins, then I'm going to have to be best for him for the rest of the, for the next six months. No, I, no. I'm going to play in the lottery. I am not a gambling guy. He's I not just, a gambling guy. Yes, I'm, he I'm is. Not, he doesn't gamble. If I he wins, gamble. I'll never gamble. The end of it, so you can start your own account. You've known me for how long? Am I a gambler? I occasionally make a bet on something I know is a sure thing. Before, I got you into buying what twenty dollars worth of lottery tickets a week. <laughs> well, that's yeah, but that's not gambling. That's <laughs> yes, like, it is. Technically, it's gambling. Uh, I don't see it like that. Lottery? That's not really gambling. That's just like buying stuff. Now, by the way, why did they send you the pepper keys thing? Tweets think rather than send them here. Were they worried that he would rip them up or something? I think, I think there was a little paranoia. Yeah, I, there would have been lighter fluid all over. There would have been a burn. Yeah. So they said. All right, there's something about you, Chris, that can't be trusted. You won't put in a fucking simple bet for your friend, and you're going to burn up stuff that people could win. I can see where the bang thing's going, and I don't appreciate those shirts. You, first of all, the, you, you've gone out of your way to be just the opposite. I don't know whether you have trouble with him on your show. Sometimes. But he disagrees with everything that I say. I know. If I say the sun's out, he's screaming at me. If I it's if dark. I fucking say it's Friday, he's yelling not necessarily. I mean, that's Saturday, just, really. You could just look, look at a calendar for that <laughs> last one. He just... I, don't see I go by my gut, alright? I go by instinct. Well, your gut's wrong. Here's the thing. Not to mention a little large these days. You, you What's can, that right, huh, Ginger? <laughs> you don't want to just fucking sit up on a branch tweeting your fucking life away. <laughs> You want to try to fucking bond with people. I don't sit on any branches. That sounds crazy. But here's the thing. Yeah. I fucking love you. And when I hear you just screaming at me constantly yeah. that I'm wrong about everything. Can you get off Ronnie B's back, for Christ's sake? Yesterday you wanted to open a bar for underage children with topless underage children. It's a children. big deal. Yeah. No, you That's... know what? I'll take the 50 bucks I was going to give to Pepper and back you. <laughs> I'll give it to you. An underage topless Good, bar? I yeah. money. At least Ron will take my fucking money. Let me tell you, in Florida, I opened up a fucking topless place called the Third Trimester. And we would only have really late pregnant girls there. That's and fine. it fucking killed. All right. Well, there are and age. if the woman's fucking dancing yeah. and her water breaks, they buy a fucking shot for everybody in the place. Oh, God damn. Everybody would go crazy. Because, you, you know, the first time it happened, guys were grossed out. Yeah. But after that. Oh, they were yeah. all like free shots. It was just fucking great. And a lot of times we even had problems with people throwing seven up on the fucking thing and pointing at her vagina. <laughs> uh, Mike, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron, it'd be a million bucks. Yeah. Um, Eastside Dave is much better off not letting Pepper place a bet for him. Everyone knows that Pepper's a cooler and oh, terrible. He is the fucking cooler. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, this fucking kid is Johnny Ice because. Yeah. Everything he touches turns frosty cold. Well, I don't want Pepper betting on uh, the horse that I want to bet on. I just want him to place the bet for me. I'll be betting on that horse. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay my cash around. If someone else can bet. I mean, if he bets every horse, so he can feel like a winner. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> Do you guys have you picked? Well, this is the thing. Uh, they think it's gonna rain on Kentucky Derby, and that changes. Everything. You need a mutter. 
Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna look, you need a horse that's... Golden Sense Mutter was a mutter. Actually, Golden Sense it would be a good pick because it's it, people are saying as a it's going to go straight to the front. Any horse going straight to the front in the mud is gonna might go wire to wire. Because it's only happened once. You just told us it's only happened once in yeah, history. Yeah, but in this, if it's going to be this, the rain's going to be that bad, and it's just slop. Every other horse behind is going to be eating dirt the entire time. So you know, gonna... as soon as you start explaining this, I got chilly. I feel like I need to put a fucking <laughs> sweater on, start a fire in the corner. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Okay, so Liz drew this up, and then who printed it? Uh, Kelly is his name. He's he he designed my website. He's at uh, Airborne Ranger on Twitter. Was he, is he an actually an airborne ranger? Yeah, he is. Wow. He's awesome. He's, he designed my whole website, and um, sometimes like I'll need to get in touch with him about something on the website, and he'll have disappeared for a couple weekends. Doing ranger stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't talk to him. He's like, and he has a nice like kind of southern accent. He's like, oh, sorry, David Mack, I, I had to do some things uh, for four days. So what do you need? A new uh, dumb picture on your website <laughs> uploaded? I really <laughs> WordPress is pretty easy to figure out, Dave. But he's he's he rules. And I knew I had a feeling like it was something that uh, Pepper uh, Pepper I was going to call him the thing that he didn't want to see because they were like, hey, don't show this to Pepper. Yeah, not a fan of it. I don't know if I was like, I you don't like it. No, not at all. You just brought up that they Photoshop fucking cocks in the mouth. You're very lucky <laughs> to get off with a Pepper key. <laughs> Love with that so much Photoshop, more like a caricature. I'd love to be kind of combined with an animal. Maybe Dave Osiris, like a rhinoceros, but Dave on it. People want to make those shirts. Little <laughs> <laughs> said at the Pepper's house. <laughs> these are great. I'm going to get Dave back with these. Uh, look who it is inside Rag Johnny. David, save your money. That horse will not win. I what? won't say your horse's name. It's not going to win. <laughs> Why do you think that? I just, it's not a winner. That is not the derby winner. Too much good stuff pointing in the direction. Plus, plus they also have a, a jockey from the Virgin Islands. He'd be the first uh, African-American guy to win since 1903. Is he really American? First, yeah, I guess if it rains, there will be another first at the derby, and it will be the first female to win the derby. Yeah, I'm kind of pulling for her, too. My loot. My loot, my loot is definitely your mutter horse, and my loot, even without Rosie, it's amazing how good this girl is right now. This Jersey girl, Rosie is. I didn't know she was from jockey. Jersey. She's from Jersey. She's from South Jersey. I'm in love <laughs> with a Jersey girl. You get a thing about her, and she she's the hottest jockey in the in the country right now. She's the only. Well, she's the only fuckable one. That's for sure. <laughs> Let me talk. No, she's not not female. Because yeah, Calvin Burrell is really hot. <laughs> oh yeah, hot. No, and no, hottest as in hottest as in the best jockey right now. She's the number one ranked jockey in the country right now. She's amazingly on fire, and I'm telling you, take her. Then you take It's My Lucky Day and Normandy Beach. Throw them in there. You throw orbit. Listen to this fucking railbird all of a sudden. Where'd <laughs> yeah, this no, come Johnny from? Johnny loves it. That's it. Let it ride. Oh, He's calling it. in. How do you feel revolutionary? That's Normandy Beach? See, yep. Normandy so, Beach is going to be there. I got the horse right here. His name is Paul Revere. I love that movie so much. It's amazing. Let it ride. I just watch it over and over again when it's on. Because ESPN Classics, whenever it's the Kentucky Derby, we'll play it eight times in a row. Tony and Cheeseburger. I will fucking watch it. And Mooney, played by the great David Johansson. That is just, uh, Mooney is so fucking funny in that. Great cast. And Jennifer Tilly looking amazing. Oh. Like that. Here's a w Yeah, if only your tits would have just well, spilled a little more. <laughs> but I think a, a chick wrote this. 
movie. Really? Yeah. Which ties in with the female jockey. Now I mean, I'm all the fucking signs are there. Now I'm conflicted a little bit. I didn't know Rosie was from New Jersey. Redhead, New Jersey? Yeah. Oh, Come on, man. Dave. Nancy Dowd wrote it. Oh, fuck. Well, now I'm thinking Rosie. Oh, all right, boy. hold on. Here's Bill in Jersey. Bill, go ahead, buddy. Uh, big ass card holder, 29875, and dick holder, 69. Hoo-ah! That's old school. Face. Face. Hey, uh, Eastside Dave, good to hear you back with the big boys here. Good to hear uh, you back. I'm around the Park boys. Casino, Ben Salem, buddy. I'll place the bets for you, F. Pepper. What? He'll, he'll take your, he'll put your, your bet down. He'll, take, he'll handle your action. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll give you my checking and routing number right now over the phone to a stranger on the radio. That's why I have a fucking Soprano tattoo on my back. Or, or whack bag or whatever. I built from Swack Jersey. Swack bag. Swack bag. Jersey boys. Come on. I wouldn't screw you. Did you know, Ron, I've registered swackbag.com because I realized I don't have enough money to get my whack bag tattoo that I lost in a bet on the Ron Fez show covered. But if I get an S, swackbag.com points to Eastside Dave Country. Well, if you want, we'll get you that, uh, that S tattoo. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be about $14. We'll tie it in with a Superman, and it'll be a whole thing <laughs> of doing right. it as a Superman. I'll do that. That's actually a great what idea. Do you, what do you say, Dave? I got your action? Yeah, I'll give it to you. Come on, buddy. All right. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold. You want to go talk to him? <laughs> yeah, no, put put him on hold. He can listen for a long time. No, I'm not going to. Pepper's sitting next to <laughs> me. I'm from Jersey. I have the cash. Today I have it. I was so hey, excited. I was like, me and Pepper are going to bond, and you know, we're going to be all fucking betting buddies. Uh, there's something Pepper ain't telling us. You're right. No, I think so, you, you, you. I've told you, because if he wins, I will never hear the end of it. So what? I don't want to make bets for him every damn day. So I'm going to set up his own account, so like a big boy, you can make your own bets. <laughs> like an it? adult. I am not going to gamble every day. This is, this is a Kentucky Derby. I bet this, and only this. I don't bet Super Bowls. I don't bet any other fucking shit. Yes. I do buy lottery tickets, and I have joined the Deadliest Catch Fantasy League. So what? <laughs> That's fucking fine. You know, hopefully Sig Hansen gets a <laughs> grab for me this week. Should take a junior. <laughs> Junior's a putz. Right, Johnny? Baby, I'll take your action. All right. I, I, I trust Johnny. If you if I can find you uh, today, I'll, I'll give you the, the uh, money if you want. I will put the bet in for you. If you lose, you just owe me the money. All right. Oh, God, this is going to turn out. Yeah, wait a second. See? I don't want my fucking legs right. broken I know, either. I know where to, listen, I know where to find him every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny. 50 bucks on Golden Sense. Oh, you just, see, you just ruined it. You just told everybody. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm so stupid. Nobody's going to fucking take your bet. No one out there is going to want to jump on the Davy <laughs> Mac train. Actually, I just, I'm looking at the odds right now. He just dropped down to, he's down to, <laughs> fuck. It's going to be even money. Man, I hope it comes in too. Pays out two ten. Oh, forget it. If that comes in. What are you gonna do with two ten? It's nothing. Yeah, there's not a lot of buy money. Buy some. <laughs> buy nice food. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll buy like Ryan B a scarf. That'd be nice. I'll buy uh, Fez something. I'll buy Pepper. Uh, maybe I'll even buy Pepper, like a nice deck of what, cards. What time is your meeting? It's at uh, eleven uh, forty-five. Got any clothes, huh? No, I'm, <laughs> it's not the hall. I'll walk down eleven forty-three. It's exciting. I'll be very. Do you know proud. what you're going to say? Yeah, I'm going to say. Uh, you know, I'd like to. Uh, I'm going to say. Listen, I'm looking for uh, for some work here, pal. Why don't you say this? Let's get physical. <laughs> physical. physical. <laughs> and they'll roll the ground. <laughs> be like, what the fuck? You're just going back and forth. <laughs> Let me do this for you every day. 
Sometimes. I'm excited. Well, I see some of the cocks around here at work. I can't even understand. Yeah, I part. know. I said, give me one of these cocksuckers jobs. <laughs> the people who are on like fucking, you know, like putting uh, the football games on on Saturday night. Bam! Maybe Matt can do that. I can stare at a computer like a fucking lughead. <laughs> You're not very good with computers, though. So? I'm all right. He's I good know enough. I, I know how to work AOL. <laughs> all right. That's how I got in touch with Ron yesterday. I go, Ronnie B, I got a big surprise for you. <laughs> I want to give away one of these signed pepper kids fucking shirts. They're cool shirts. I would love to have a pepper key shirt. Yeah, now that you can wear them, I'll do. That's right. You'll yeah. be fucking sporting that thing down on the beach this summer. Maybe we can make like a hard rock version of it. We'll sell them in my store. Oh, God. Wouldn't that be great, Pepper? No. All across the country. What? Just what? every fucking place. Maybe if <laughs> Pepper could sign the pepper key shirt and it gets framed at the hard rock. You that would a, be you awesome. You got a silver pen? I would hang that. I'll hang it up. It's not famous pants, but it's close enough. It's a shirt. But come on. No, don't, don't hang it up. Come on. Hang up Pepper's pants, too. Mm. You gotta pick an animal, Pepper. I don't want to pick an animal. Size of a parakeet. Half a horse, half a bird. I don't know what the fuck this guy is. I'm a man. I'm a man, I'm a man. I even got a Pepper Key tweet the other night. I don't know what what was happening. Someone tweeted about the Pepper Key while we were watching something on TV last night. It was very weird. What were you watching? Tweety Bird? No, it was on, I think it was on, well, on Monday, we were watching the following, and there was a bunch of people tweeting about it, and somehow a pep, someone, Never finished someone that. said, Pepper would be a follower because he's a pepper key. That guy's a jerk. <laughs> Whoa. And go straight to hell, whoever tweeted that. That was me. Well, then you're a jerk. It was at Eastside Dave. <laughs> That's not nice. Don't be mean to Dave. Did you put that up on the iBank? Yeah, send it over now. It's a cool shirt. You could have got my face in it. Well, we need a we we need like a, an online contest. I'll wear it to Steve. Bo- I mean, uh, I'll I'll wear it to the boss's uh, meeting today. You should. I just go like this. <laughs> if I don't get hired around here, this is going to be you. <laughs> that's the only thing they understand is threats. I think you should go to the meeting with no shirt on at all. <laughs> all right, we're going to be thinking of a contest uh, of what to do with this. Coming up with like. Uh, Almost a quick question on it. We're thinking of it right now. Thinking of what to do. Uh, here's uh, Cody. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Side Dave. Hi. Uh, I need to ask a favor of Pepper. What? Hey, Pepper. <laughs> don't you think the uh, OKC is going to eliminate the Rockets tonight? <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, Duran has uh, well, is going to close it out even without Westbrook. That series has flown under the radar because the Knicks Celtics. Yeah. But that's a good, been a good series. That has been a good series. You know, I, I, I was watching a lot of that, and uh, I was watching a ton of the Nuggets Warriors last night. And oh, the, the, the Warriors. Well, Curry just turned it on the third, and that was just done. That guy is. Over. It's unbelievable Scary. how great he is. What, Here, what he's on. Here's uh, Dickie Jr. What's going on, doggies? Hey, doggies. Hey, Dad, you haven't called me back in a month. What the fuck? You better win this bet, dog, because you still owe me an eighth of weed. We're going to win that money and smoke and toke, dog. See ya. I didn't know you were looking for me, son. Of course I would have reached out to you, but I was at the Bamboozle Festival watching my jam bands, you know? No, not Trey. He wasn't there, but Third Raiders, Modest Mouse and whatnot. 
Well, it smells like champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't you know what? I you hate just, that music. If you had just stopped one line before. <laughs> I want to keep going. You guys were rocking out to the fucking Robert Randolph when I came in here today, though. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Just loving it. Hell just yeah. playing that fucking air fucking slide on your lap. Jersey's own, too. Yeah. He, he actually fucking drops the accent in one of the songs. He's a talented guy. Well, so are you, Dave. So are you. Well, you know what? On that, I'm going to go to this meeting. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be I'll Knock be him back. dead, buddy. I'll be back. Come back with good news. Take a shirt. Don't bring any magic beans back here. He's got this. I'm just worried we're going to hear shots. <laughs> or at least glass breaking. Is that him running like a maniac? I hope that isn't him running. Coming up later today, just before 2 o'clock, it's Unmasked with special guest Alan Alda. Alan Alda Unmasked, that's coming up later today on the Ron and Fez Show. Everybody like this, Unmasked. Amazing. Captivating. Little Jimmy was just telling me the other day why we were pissing next to each other, how much he enjoys the Alan Alda and how funny the Alan Alda is. I'll go, yeah, he is funny. He's quick. Talk guy. And charming. He's quick and charming. I met him briefly when he came into the booth afterwards to cut some stuff. Starstruck. You were? Yeah. Just because I, I, you know, I watched Mass. I've been watching. Yeah, I don't understand how you I know was him. A child. Yeah. Tiny little kid. There are certain that I've always said this. It's the people that you really dug when you were a little kid that ones that still blow your mind. You won't give a shit if somebody came in here now who's like a big star. Like if the fucking kid from, um, I'm trying to think of what it is, Big Bang Theory came in here. He's a big TV star. But we don't give a fuck. He would just be a kid walking in here. But if you're a little kid and you watch that show, you'll see him fucking 20 years from now. And you'll be like, I can't believe I used to watch Big Bang Theory. Constantly. Um, let's go over to Marshall. Marshall, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddies. Um, I would like the, uh, the Pepper King shirt to commemorate the most copycatting ass, no opinion having, mm. uh, producer Ron Fez has ever had. Yeah, you're a scumbag. You deserve nothing. <laughs> Come on, Pep. I listen to your show, too, on Saturdays. Well, why would you hurt his feelings? Yeah. You're a bad person. Uh, Ronnie, you're on the Run of Fez show. I do have feelings. Hey, buddies. I'd sure like to have one of those shirts. Well, we're going to do something uh, in just a couple minutes. Uh, okay, and also, who was running the phone yesterday? Oh, please, you know who that was. Whoever it was, I, I called them popcorn and they hung up on me. Yeah. So then that, that answers your question. Well, well, I didn't appreciate it. Last week is popcorn's last week. Last week was? Next week is his last week. So why are you saying last week was his last week? I'm probably dyslexic at times. Next week is his last week. Um, but, uh, oh my God, look who it is. Your life is a movie, Paul O. Paul O, your life is a movie. What do you say, Paul? Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Uh, just thinking it's uh, summer's coming up, everything, the movies, summer movies are coming, so I'm just putting together my little list of the summer movies. Uh, you're doing a whole list today? 
Well, I've got a list ready. I mean, just a basic list up until, I mean, I went through everything, yeah. I mean, obviously, Iron Man 3 is going to be huge. Now, let me just ask you this, because you seem to know a little bit about the Iron Man 3. Is this going to be the biggest movie of the, of the summer, the way Avengers was last year? I, I get the feeling that it is, yeah. I mean, it seems like it's going to pick up all of that momentum from the Avengers. And, I mean, obviously, it's already huge overseas. So it, it's hard to it's hard to say it, it it could even pass it. God knows. I mean, I'm 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 putting that pretty high up. I mean, that seems pretty crazy to say that, but it's it's a possibility. How much did Iron Man? Th uh, I mean, Avengers make last year? Oh, uh, it was like 1.4 billion worldwide. But what about in this nation, United States oh, of America? I, I, in the U.S. of A. I'm I'm I don't have that figure. Six hundred twenty-three million dollars. Wow. This fucking film ain't going to make $623 million. Yeah, but I understand. It's, it's all about the world market. But in the U.S. of A., it, it probably won't, no. Okay. That's all I need to know. In the good old U.S. Because I wouldn't yeah. go see it because it doesn't have Thor in it. <laughs> right. I He's your favorite? I don't know. I don't know. That's the only one whose name I know. <laughs> and then there's fucking Shield Man, Green that. Guy. The Hulk. Um... Shooty arrow and girl with no talent. Yes, they should all have like four letters in their name. That makes it a lot easier. She's I'll tell you, Shield guy will fucking scare the shit out of you. Captain America. Oh, 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 oh. You see, Hulk and Thor are the best because they have four letters in their name. Sure. Absolutely, but Iron Man. I have to say, Shane Black is back, so, you know, and he's, he was a big screenwriter in the 80s and 90s, and now, you know, he sort of went away, but uh, he's back. I mean, he's, he's writing and directing again. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that, Paul. He is writing and directing. <laughs> he's writing and directing, and so it's a fun movie, a lot of surprises, a lot of, I mean, I got the impression that the first two Iron Mans weren't even written, like there was no script. Mm -hmm. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they say. They kind of yeah, they said they just let Robert Downey Jr. do his thing. <laughs> exactly. They just threw it together. And this is definitely has a script because they, they definitely plotted out all kinds of crazy stuff. And so it's fun. That's all. It's a, it's a good start to the summer. Um, all right. I'm going to... We'll uh, do this thing as a weekender. We're not going to do the contest we talked about now. We're going to do it a weekender in the at the end of the show today so weekender question that's how we're going to give it out some lucky winners going to get themselves a pepper key t-shirt uh polo i saw this iron man 3 and i have to tell you when iron man died i was crying like a baby don't stop it <laughs> because stop i didn't it. think but it was i guess the end of a trilogy spoiler alert you're spoiling all kinds of spoiling going on. But when his wife dies before him, that really killed me. Stop it! Stop it now! Stop it! Not going. What else is opening this weekend, Paul? Uh, there's actually a lot of cool indie films. There's a there's a movie that I'm actually looking forward to see. Uh, the Greetings from Tim Buckley. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm a big. And that's three D. No, it's not a 3D. It's, uh, it's a small indie film with the guy from Gossip Girls, Page, uh, Bagley or whatever his name. I don't know. He's, he's a new guy. So Gossip Girls is going to be Tim Buckley. 
it's a, it's Jeff Buckley. It's more about Jeff Buckley, but I mean, I'm a big Tim Buckley fan as well, so I, I kind of interested in seeing that. I mean, that that's yeah. And then there's a lot of interesting things. It, uh, the Iceman's out this week too. I hear with Michael Shannon. That was about the the real Iceman. The uh, the yeah, how did that not work out for us, Chris? I didn't get a response back from that person. And same with uh, what's his name's wife. Which wife? The writer. Oh, uh, that that was on uh, someone else in booking. That uh, apparently it didn't. It's not working out, or it's going to happen later. Well, later is not when the movie's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it comes out in New York, but the rest of America, of course, will see it much later. Yeah, and that's like there's a, an indie film with Keanu Reeves this week that should be interesting. Right there. What is it? Matrix Four? <laughs> no, it's not Matrix Four. It's Generation. Um. Uh, I'm just saying that there's always a million indie films, especially in New York City, and that's. I just wish everybody could live in New York City and see everything. I wish you lived here, Paulo. I wish you lived with Fez. Hey, Gary, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Hey, Ron. Uh, I'm sure you've probably read about it, but there's recently been a uh, video posted on the Superficial or TMZ or whomever about that Reese Witherspoon. Arrest. Yeah, it's up on the iBang, I believe, already. Right? The with. Reese Witherspoon being arrested. How, how big of a cunt was she to the cop? I can't believe you didn't beat her ass. Um, I'm the cops go through that all the time with drunk girlfriends, though. She was dumb. Yeah, bitch. I mean, okay. First of all, she wasn't driving. Second of all, she wasn't that dumb a bitch. She just was drunk. I mean, give her a fucking break. She was drunk. I, I've had a million friends who mouth up the cops in my life. When, you know, somebody's got fucking something in the car and they're still being a dick. Ugh. There's nothing you can do. When you have a drunk friend starting to fucking fuck it up for everybody, you just ride that thing down. There's no there's no other way around it. And I guess she's not used to seeing her man get fucking pushed around like this and lost her ship. Just play a little bit of it. I'm a U.S. citizen. I am allowed to stand on American ground and ask any question I want to ask. Go ahead. You better not arrest me. Are you kidding me? I'm an American citizen. Let's stop for a second. Nobody's bragging about being an American. You're only drunk when you start to bring up your citizenship. This is America. How much wine did she drink? I think it was a funny video. I think she was all right. Yeah. I mean... You know, the husband was drunk, too. It's just typical driving. Southern stuff. That's all. She's just a Southern girl, just shooting her shit. All right, let's go. This is beyond. This is beyond. You fight with me. I promise this you. This is harassing. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. harassing me as an American citizen. I have done nothing against the law. Yes, you have. You didn't bring my... I have to obey your orders? Yes, you did. Reese. No, sir. I did not. Absolutely nothing. I'm now being arrested and handcuffed. Yeah. Do you know my name, sir? Don't need to know. You don't need to know my name? Not quite yet. I'll get oh, that really? information. Okay. You're about to find out who I am. That's fine. I'm not real worried about you, ma'am. I done told you how things work. You want to get out and get up in my investigation? That's okay. Yes, sir, I do. Well, guess what? We have a law for that. It's called obstruction. I'm obstructing your justice. Yep. Really? Yep. I'm being anti-American. Yep. Go sit down. Wow. Sit your butt first. It'd be a lot easier on you. Interesting. Arresting me. 
I tried. I'm sorry. I absolutely 100% tried. I have nothing to do with that. I know. I had nothing to do with that. You don't understand. I'm a cuckold. Nothing I could do. I'm an American citizen. Justice. Reese, please stop. Did you see here? Like underneath his breath, like, please, please. Please, please, please honey. Please. I know you make all the money, but please. Please, no one, honey. No one knows the hell I am, but just come on. Come on. All I do is clean your pool. <laughs> he was the designated driver, for crap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're lucky she wasn't mine the wheel. They should give that fucking kid a medal. Davy Mac back. Oh yeah, that was quick. <laughs> no, uh, I got some very positive feedback. Good. That's all I'll say. I got. Yeah, I got. And then I was uh, handed a bottle of booze, uh, but uh, from him? <laughs> no, yeah, from, from uh, Roland, because uh, Liam was supposed to give it to me. That's good stuff. Never did. Gave it to. Uh, and Roland heard about it and said, well, listen, if Liam's not going to be a man, the last time I was here, Liam was supposed to apologize by giving me a, a nice bottle of something. Roland uh, gave it to me. So as far as I'm concerned, well, he's, just, he's just class personified. And you used to fight with Roland. One time you got in a car to come up and fight him, remember? Yeah, I was, I was, I was uh, uh, suffering from flu pains. <laughs> and I was forced to go in and fucking bare knuckle <laughs> fight him. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I really am sick. And... Uh, no, I, I got some positive uh, feedback. I got some things that I wanted to hear. And then, you know. Off you go. We'll see. <laughs> that was the fastest meeting hey, I've ever man, heard of. Hey, man, let's open up this bottle! <laughs> that was the fastest meeting I've ever heard of. Are yeah. you really opening up the bottle? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What are you saving it for? Special occasion? No, maybe when that I fucking will. Horse comes Who the in? hell knows? When that horse comes in, you have, you have <laughs> well, some bourbon. bourbon. No, 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 for good luck. I got to... Uh, I got to be at my parents' house at uh, eight in the morning. Since I'm between uh, jobs, I'm their official landscaper. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> so it requires. Okay, it's fine. You know, David Mack goes over, uh, mow the lawn on Thursday. That's fine. But now they've heightened it into weed whacking, weeding, and different sorts of uh, planting, uh, planting uh, flowers and trees and shit. Wow! Yeah. I know, fucking uh, Davy uh, Green Thumb over here. I don't know what the hell they what? think I am. Uh, 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 you know, I'm not sure they want to trust me with their fucking flowers. <laughs> and you know, and by the way, turning that Have in, they ever met me? Uh, turning that into an eight o'clock Saturday is making sure the eagle doesn't fly on Friday. That's probably well. Uh, no, it's on uh, Sunday morning. So you can't drink now because in two days you're gonna fucking take oh, no, a home. I can drink uh, today, and I, I probably will be after uh, the Crack wonderful uh, meeting. With uh, my boss, who uh, I respect a lot. I'm going to, yeah, today's Fun Friday. Feeling good in the neighborhood, you know? Midtown? Either that or some or Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> That's two for 20. Uh, Paul Ozone, he wants oh. to say hi to you. Great. Yeah, you know, you know, drinking is bad, sir. You, you know, I don't know if you've ever... You saw what happened to that actress just now. I've seen what happened to you. I've been around you when you're hammered. Yeah. One time he wiped his ass all up and down the fucking walls of this place I was working. And didn't they lock you up, Paul? And then they even yeah. fucking gave him like a section eight once. They put him in a loony bin. 
Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been yeah. so drunk that they act like we need to detain you in a mental hospital? No, no. Um, never. Even when I pissed on accidentally on the Jewish embassy, I just got a ticket. It was a cool cop. Um, all right, what's this uh, suicide story that you have up, Chris? All right, uh, since 2001, suicide rates among middle-aged white males have jumped... Um, about fifteen percent, mm-hmm. and uh, but here's here's some interesting news: hanging yourself has jumped above uh, drug overdosing. Just taking drugs to kill yourself. Well, only girls take drugs to kill themselves. That's not true. That's according to these stats. That it's, yeah, it's I, number one's gunshots. Number two's hanging. That's the, yeah. Gunshot would be the best way for a man to kill himself. Absolutely. I say alcohol pills and the ocean together. That's how Jeff Buckley died, probably, but not a ton of others. All right, so how much is this percent up? It went uh, 15% up. Um, excuse me, no, 20%, 20% up, excuse me. Right, it is some, a decade. Some guy wrote, uh, 23%, there would be bodies piled up on every street corner. That's not 23% of the country, you asshole. It's middle-aged, it's, specifically white American male. And it's only up 23% above what it used to be. Mm-hmm. It's not 23% of fucking middle-aged American males. No, it's 25% um, of uh, the American population is killing itself every year. But No. What is that again? 28 it's risen 20% in a decade. Right. But 23% are not fucking killing themselves. No. Every year. No, 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 no. It's just 23% of what it was before. Exactly, yeah. Right. Of middle-aged white men. But what do you got to live for? Let's face it. If the freaking Nets blow game seven, I'll fucking do some oxys. This, you're just going to get high. You're Drink my bourbon. I didn't know you were a Nets guy. <laughs> I thought, I, I thought you dumped them when I, they left Jersey. I go between Nets and Knicks. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. You're just a bandwagon. Motherfucker. If my, Knicks, if my Knicks lose to the Celtics, <laughs> I'll take some oxy to drink my bourbon. You see the Knicks? And I'm also kind of by a the way, Celtics that, fan, too. By the way, like, that won't kill you. I honestly <laughs> don't think that you can overdose. <laughs> You see, the Knicks uh, came in the last game that they lost. They came into the stadium all, in all black. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Where have they seen that before? Oh, the Giants did that against the fucking Patriots. Real originality. If they lose the series, you know it's J.R. Smith's fault, right, for getting ejected in uh, game J.R. Smith is a scumbag. I mean, I like him, but it's, it won't be his fault for getting ejected in that game. Of course. And, no, I, actually, the next game where he went, you know, he started the game over, over 10. 10. And they, it, you know what it, it reminded me of was when Pat Riley had the Knicks in the finals against the Houston Rockets, and John Starks was 2 for 17 in the final game, and Riley refused to sit him. It was like, you're my dog. And he just kept, uh, things were, the shots were hitting off a cheerleader's heads off the backboard. He's like, go ahead. That's the fucking thing, though. Is you don't you're like he can't stay this cold forever. That, no, that is He's true. Got to turn around. Yeah. So when you think someone goes like fucking over ten, you're like, I think they're gonna go 10, 10 and zero now. <laughs> yeah, I right. think it's gonna just catch up. Well, that's the way a lot of shooters do work. I mean, Reggie Miller certainly worked like that. Genie needs a shooter, a shooter like me. Uh, Polo, how would you kill yourself? 
I already told you. I mean, I'm thinking about it already. I mean, every day. I mean, the ocean, the pills. I got at least 17 liters in the closet. I got a whole stock stockload of pills. I mean, it's coming down the road. But I mean, all I need is a huge infusion of cash. And uh, well, you're you know, getting I'm, that right now. You've got everything's going great with your Kickstarter. You're raising money. Let's see. Well, You've I, raised five hundred twenty-two dollars right, on your I, way to twenty thousand. I actually have to bust my ass on promotion for this. I got like forty things. I got to bust my ass. I actually know a lot of cards like to call in to, to like you know get articles written and shit. But so I'm going to try and do that. Um, I don't even want to tell you what happened down here with Steve Purcell and, and uh, Cowhead. There was like a whole thing at the Iron Man screening, and they they're fighting back and forth now. Death threats are going on. So, so, but and why I are they thinking, fighting with each other? Well, apparently, Steve Purcell got Cowhead thrown out of the theater. Why? Because the kid was screaming. He's texting. He's texting during the movie. But it, I don't think it was Steve Purcell. I think that that's just the normal policy during these screenings. They got security with laser sights and things like that. You can't be texting in the movie. And you can't have kids screaming. Whose kid was screaming? Cowhead's. I'm not sure if it was Cowheads, but I think it was one of his buddies. I'm not, I'm, I, I just found out this secondhand, because I was at the screening. I was having a good time. I didn't see a thing. I, but apparently, death threats are going on. They're all on air, back and forth in the media. I, I mean, God knows. I was gonna Man, when I knew Cowhead, he was like a really easygoing guy. And now, every time I'm hearing he's fighting with people, he's putting up retard pictures. He needs to take a step back. And smell, the, smell the, the roses a little bit, buddy. Well, well, that's the thing. I, I come off like a gentleman in most cases. I mean, I have... I, have I always I thought Calhead was a gentleman. Yeah, well, I don't know him. That's what I'm saying. He never comes to the screenings, but apparently he's a Marvel guy. And he, he went to the Avengers and he went to Iron Man. So I, All right, Paulo, you know. while I'm sitting here, this just came in. Bring... A thousand dollar pledge to your Whoa! Kickstarter campaign. Whoa! Uh. What? Are you serious? Got yeah. Jibo. Put it on golden sets. Don't stop it, dude. That's stop a great idea, right, man. Roddy B. He's on his way if he fucking goes and bets that. Yeah. You got to. Bet it we on the a, horse. A, a late bell is better than no bell. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> okay. Here's what I know, uh. <laughs> um. So, anyway, Polo, stay out of all those guys' fights. And then don't go gossiping about them on another show. I'm okay. I'm not gossiping. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I guess it's third-person uh, rumors. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's gossip. I'm sorry. I thought it was, but they, they both, you know, he's saying it on his show, and he's saying it in the media. I, I'm assuming that I'm not. Where Steve Purcell on. said, did Steve Purcell write an article about it? I don't. I guess not. Maybe not. Maybe he was just telling, talking to me. But I mean, he was concerned because you know people are calling him up and getting he, upset with him. Does he feel like he's going to be killed? Yes. Okay. You know what? You got to be easy going. You got to fucking chill out. Chillax, even. I don't know what that means. It's a combination of chill and relax. <laughs> Why don't we just say re-chill then? <laughs> Because it was just me and Steve yesterday at the at the Sapphire screen, because it was like a last minute screening, and so we just chatted for a bit, and, and I was Sapphire. Uh, is this uh, about the old wrestling fucking lady? <laughs> <laughs> Better no, polka dot dress. 
It's a Chris O'Dowd movie. I'm a common man. <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's it's lots of Motown tunes and in Vietnam back in the sixties. So it's fun. I enjoyed it. But I mean, you know, still uh I'm I I'm, I'm trying to song? be on every So what's this thing about Sapphire? The Sapphires it's it's like Chris O'Dowd's this broken down promoter and he gets these three uh four aboriginal girls to go sing a Supreme type style in Vietnam during the war. And it's 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 got right, here's their too. song. Oh, this looks good. All right, that's your uh, that's your movie, Paulo. Okay, thank you, thank you. But I mean, I'm trying to stay on everybody's good side. So yes, I, I'm I'm going to do the best I can to heal the the, the pain between uh, Cowhead and and Steve Purcell. Just leave those guys alone. Just stay out of their lives. <laughs> okay, I'll bring them up on my show. Oh, sorry, he, he doesn't take direction well. Uh, here's uh, Jason. You're on the Run and Fed show. Hey, buddies, Dick Holder, eighty-eight twenty. Face. Hey, I'm wondering if this is a special edition of Board, Side, Board Gossip with Eastside Dave McDonald without the sounder. Yeah, it ends up like Polo's doing gossip about everyone. <laughs> when Reese Witherspoon was drunk, that was, I didn't, and, and then Dave comes in drunk, and I mean, you know, all of a sudden I'm the gossip guy. What the hell are you talking about, Dave comes in drunk? <laughs> I have a bottle of liquor, it's sealed for now. Oh, for now, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> So you're not drunk now. I'm sorry. No. That's the problem with gossip. It gets, it's rumor. It gets everything all screwed up. I, I obviously misinformation all over the place. I'm sorry. You're not drunk now. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm fine. Okay. Good. Just had a great meeting. The sky's the limit now, my friends. Okay, but it could happen any time, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so fine. <laughs> so that's fine. I'm not saying anything else there. Uh, I'm going to... Blow you off here, Paul. I'll go into break, okay? All right, sir. All right, we'll be uh, back in a couple of minutes with, with this little thought. 29% of people think that armrest revolution might be necessary. 29% of American voters think we may have to take to the streets with guns. We'll be right back to pick that up. It's the Ron Fest Show. The Ron and Fez Show on the Open Anthony Channel, Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned.
Chris Stanley on top of the playlist today. You know what? The next T-shirt ought to be just your face on a jukebox, and it just should say, Peppy Jukebox rocks my balls. Oh, that's much more flattering. That would be it. I must Peppy, ju- that. Peppy Jukebox rocks my balls. Could be a brand new fucking MTV or VH1 classic mm-hmm. show. I'll get a hold of Betty Trunk. I mean, I'll go Fuse, too, if I have to. Eddie Trunk, of course, uh, hasn't put his lights on since the guy from Slayer died. <laughs> Said that. It's about to happen, though, huh? That thousand came back off. Yeah, it dropped, actually. Yeah, it's it was, too bad. It he had it for a second. Me too, that it was gone. Like, what? He had it for he, a second. He must have put it on the horse, the guy. <laughs> what the fuck am I giving it to Paul O for when the Kentucky Derby tomorrow? You're excited about the Derby, huh? So I am so excited. Uh, I know I'm going to win. I just, I fucking know it. Really, I should be very irresponsible and take all $800 that I have. What are you waiting for, man? Put the eight down. <laughs> put the, put, you got to push all in. That's what I'm scared about this bourbon is that I, I have a feeling like, hey, Pepper, $400 on Golden Sands. Fuck the 50. Yeah, let me say, let me just smell your bourbon and, here. Uh, by the way, and who's this a present from? It's from Roland, uh, and I thank him. Uh, Liam? Liam was supposed no. Liam was oh. supposed to give me whiskey the last time I was on the Ron Fez show. Liam offended me by saying I lost weight, and he said he was going to apologize by giving me a bottle of whiskey. Two mm. weeks later, he didn't fucking give me the bottle of whiskey. But Roland gives me a bottle of bourbon. Mm. The point is this: I saw Robert Randolph in the Family Band. Un fucking believable. Yeah, and I saw him at a convention hall in Asbury Park, and they do one of these things where. Every guy gets up and plays everyone else's instruments, but uh, like they they fucking alternate. Yeah, so like everyone, the band used to. Yeah, right. But it, during the same song, so everyone was playing like the bass, and then then they would just rotate to the right, and then the next guy it was like a fucking two three. Oh, that's the best fucking zone, thing I've ever heard of. It was like a two three zone defense in basketball, and then then Robert Randolph's playing the drums, and and the song was fucking amazing. Well, I've had Robert Randolph on a couple of times. I will never have him back because during a commercial, he said to me, this can't go on the air, but I know this is fact. LeBron is going to be a Nick, and I've got inside word. (laughs) And then I fucking spent the next week and a half telling people in my neighborhood, I can't tell (laughs) you how I know this, but LeBron is going to be a Nick. That was uh, who was the guy, the celebrity who said that Peyton Manning he had from inside sources that Peyton was going to retire. It was someone, someone crazy. Rob Lowe. Like yeah, it was. It was Rob Lowe. Yeah. What's with these fucking celebrities here? He uh, Peyton was so fucking hateful to Rob Lowe after that though. How like, can you not be? He called him like soda pop Curtis and shit. <laughs> he pulled a knife on him. Go back to the Brat Pack, jerk. I, I give you guys a full thing that you smell that fabulous bourbon. You're not each taking a pull on it. Oh, I want it. Well, it's not mine. So yeah. That's for sure. I can't. I'm not going to steal oh, what the heck? liquor. I mean, you know, we're men, right? Just a pull. Just a pull. This isn't going to be some kind of fucking Paulo <laughs> bullshit. Right. Oh, that looks good. That's about it. Wow. What are we talking about now, Roddy V? <laughs> Whatever topics you want. What did you do? Lick the top of it? (laughs) I took a sip. I took a nice sip. I want to be a professional here. Look at Chris is just looking. He knows he's in fucking... All he's got to do is take 
my money. Take the bet. And fucking take put the it bat, on... Take the bull. Put it on take GC. Take the bet, take the bull. Well, well, if you win. Put it on GC, baby. If you win, if it, if it That's pays golden out. sense. If it pays out, can we let this money ride? Or do you actually want me to take the money out? No, we, I'm we not. Got, I'm still not got gonna, playoff basketball to bet on. I'm not going to be gambling. He, he thinks I'm, a, I'm not a, a gambling type He's of guy. He's not a gambling guy, dude. Look, we can bet overs, unders, whatever. You're right. You did get me addicted to lottery tickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to bet overs and unders. Come on. Hey, here's something weird uh, I always wanted uh, to know, Mr. B, is when guys buy scratch-offs w- at 7-Eleven, why do they always play in their car? Have you, or is that something Where that you're going to At home? I, or? Just, I just scratch them in the store. Yeah, I mean, in the store, on the outside. I see a lot of guys, they, they go into their car. Have a moment of privacy. <laughs> what if they hit big? They don't want anybody to fucking grab it. <laughs> I, I bet you that is it. Oh, I love scratch. A lot of moral conundrums solved today. This is like fucking doing a goddamn show with a, a Tom Waits album. <laughs> you two guys. I used to, my buddy used to work at a bodega, and we would just we closed the bodega and just hit scratch offs all night long until we hit like large, so we could pay off all the scratch offs. Guys had exciting lives. Off. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, we're trying to make money, all right? Drink free beer. Okay, parakeet. Parakeet. Oh, parakeet. Get it right. Hopefully, I can't wait till that weekender comes up. Um, so, a couple things going. Before we do anything, I want to show Davy Mac this stairway. Did you take a look at it, Chris? Uh, yeah. It's called the famous Escher. Uh, Escher stairs. Now, just watch it in real time. Don't tell them anything about it, and watch this thing. This guy heading up the stairs. Okay. First structures put up when RIT made the move from downtown Rochester to suburban Henrietta. The stairwell, designed by Filipino architect what? Rafael Nelson of the guy? A, yeah. And it's not a fucking fuck? Photoshop. That's not a photo? That's not a Photoshop. It's One real. One of the coolest things is bringing people here and watching Holy shit. Today we are here with Rosie. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Okay. And uh, you are a where is this grad student in what program? I think it's Syracuse or someplace, isn't it? Rochester. Yeah. Okay. So uh, have you been here before to the stairwell? This stairwell? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's fucking weird. Have you heard about it? So yeah. you're walking up the stairs, and for some reason that gets you to a bottom floor. Okay, well, now we're in Lost. We are officially in Lost. Not Inception, but in Lost. <laughs> or Inception. My camera's following her. Just keep walking. Oh my god, I have to go here! This is the coolest thing I've ever seen! It's amazing. Rosie! What are you doing here? Wait, ah, oh, she went down the stairs! This is crazy. <laughs> it's the greatest place in the world. Honestly, if that happened to me, I would jump out of a window. Like, I couldn't take it. If you jumped out of the window, you'd actually fall off. <laughs> so that you can see that each step is a flat surface parallel to the ground. And that you are actually ascending. Neither one of them. It's not an upstairs or a downstairs. It's the same at floor as that you're on. Oh How? God. I can't figure it out. Because there's steps. Right. Okay. Because he is stepping. <laughs> can't do this. His legs are going up and down. I was not prepared for this. 
Superman flies, so what? <laughs> He's from Krypton, duh. Everyone can. Staircase, I would tell him to you know, go up a couple Thanks, Tony Hawk, for joining the interview. <laughs> this boy never uh, has never married. <laughs> they got pretty upset with me, but then they, they realized how cool it was after. So they're still my friends, I guess. <laughs> I've been there, yeah. I'll race you to the top. That's what I would tell them. And we'll see. There's a lot of cool kids at that school. Now look at these little kids. That is How so, the fuck does that happen? That's actually scary. That that little that little kid was showing up at the bottom. Shining. Yeah, yeah, it's the shining. It's like a fucking weird. I like to see blood pouring down there. <laughs> I like that. Okay. You want me to put a brother, do you? No. Okay. Just me. Okay. Well, I will see you downstairs then. All right. <laughs> Pound scares them. I know. It's been around forever. White people do it. Pound doesn't scare you, does it, Peppy? Peppy jukebox. What? Never. No. Blow it up. Rocking the cocks. <laughs> what? Or rocking the balls? <laughs> I forgot what the <laughs> phrase was. <laughs> this is bourbon. Well, yeah, you don't drink much, though. Huh? <laughs> I don't drink a lot of it. You don't like bourbon? I don't drink a lot of it, to be honest with you. Jim Beans, nice Jack and Coke, uh, Budweiser. I got ripped drunk with Jim Beans' great grandson. I never saw anyone take such small fucking sips of anything. <laughs> I don't want to down the thing. I want to speak with it, like a gentleman with you guys. <laughs> Come on, get fun. Talk about the day. Brand new episode of Ron Bennington Interviews this weekend right here on this channel and on Indy 104 on Indy. That's at 9 p.m. in the East. Ron's guests this week, Dr. Temple Grandin, Jason Muse, Craig Robinson, and Sir Ben Kingsley. Wow. That's this weekend on yeah. Ron Bennington Interviews. Ben Kingsley? And then he left off the Alan Alda. We're playing that, too. Alan Alda, yeah, Alan Alda unmasked, will be un unmasked after uh, RBI on this channel and... Alan Alda Lair on Indy as well. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was uh, w going back and watching The Sopranos because it's on HBO Premium. And I was watching them in order. And I forgot that Ben Kingsley was on this show for like three or four episodes because they wanted him to be in their, uh, in their fucking oh, weird yeah. little movie. <laughs> they wanted him to be the guy. Of course, you know, they settled on Daniel Baldwin. But, uh, and they have, you know, threatened him and shit. It was, it's, it, he is just... Ben Kingsley is the fucking greatest. Um, you know what I watch every morning now is Larry Sanders. Yeah, that's a nice way to start Every fucking morning. I fucking tape it the night before and start my morning with it when I'm having breakfast. But whatever happened to my possible uh, unmask from one of my favorite guests on that show? Still waiting to hear back. It's still in the works. Unconfirmed. I don't know, Chris. I love that show. Did you get that other email back from me? I agreed to that other thing for you. For which? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 that, yeah, I got that. Yep, that's going to do that up. Sounds busy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mona, you're on the run of face show. Yeah, hello, I'm a little worried. I'm not going to get you guys on Thursday when you switch channels. Is, am I going to still get you guys? 
I don't know how all that works. Oh, come on now. I had to talk to somebody that I couldn't understand any words that came out of their mouth. That sounds like Rob Cross. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish it was him. Well, why why won't you get the, the 103? Well, I don't know. Do I have to buy a certain premium, another package? I don't know. You see, I really have no, I don't even have any of that, so I don't know how that works. I think you have it online, and uh, are they setting up like a number for people that are confused, Pep? I haven't seen a number. They're they're running um, running promos during breaks explaining what they are. We're moving to to 103. The whole channel? Yeah. What the hell? What did this happen? I know. I I have a show on Saturday, but they could tell the Dave man. Uh, O&A were bitching that they never heard about it until the last second. I gotta change all my social media networks now. Yeah. My Twitters. Get a hold of your fucking Air Ranger to get on top of it. <laughs> tell them to, tell You're gonna have to pay, pay extra just to hear yourself. That's She's weird. Mad. No, I Mom get I have the old uh, SiriusXM phone app, app that I like. I got that for free, though. Nice. Rob Krause, dog. Perks. Okay. Do, 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 he said, do, do. Dave Osiris, you get to listen to this shit for free. I wish the Dave Osiris thing would catch on. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's happening, no. though. Josh, Boston, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, real quick. I uh, Before I get to my, what I would call, well, I called XM, Sirius XM. You don't have to get any package. If your um, radio does not receive 103 right now, it will next week. It's just it's an easy transition. Just change the station. You don't have to do nothing else. So that's all I was that, looking for. So well, with that said, who mm-hmm. is saying that they've been watching The Sopranos lately? That's fucking Davy Mac. Me. Yeah, Davy. I gotta call you out, but Ben Kingsley was in one episode of The Sopranos. No, not multiple. It was it was at least two because one episode they they see him and then again in a different episode he's on uh, like an airplane or something. That's the same, same episode. Are you sure about that? Positive. I've been I, watching the show high as a fucking kite in the smoke zone. I I'm not going to lie. I watch Sopranos every day. I watch all the reruns. All I, right. I just like I said, I believe hey, you. I'm, hey, I'm watching the you're show. Wrong, oh, you're, you're wrong, Dave. You're wrong. about the show. Hey, hey, you're hey, really wrong. Right. I ain't fucking Pepper Keith, pal. He's a, he's a big fan. Okay, he's I ain't no fucking bird. I bite back. <laughs> Dave Osteris. Sounds crazy. <laughs> the smallest amount of bourbon has changed his personality completely. <laughs> Sorry. That's why I didn't want to have any. Anyway, the point is this. Ben Kingsley, an amazing sexy beast. Schindler's List. You know what? Me and Ben Kingsley, New Year's Eve babies. Are you saying, really? Yeah. We were talking about even... He was saying that he Wait, does... New Year's some, Eve? Yeah. And he does something different every New Year's Eve. He says he always tries to be in a different country for it or whatever. And... Off the air, he wants to get together with me. He said, I never knew anybody else, and he wants to do a birthday party oh, with me next year. My mom is New Year's Day. Could, oh. could she... <laughs> I was going to say, could she come... What with the faces? That's slut day. <laughs> no, the weird Everybody thing is... That. You just said that about my mom. Supposedly, it's bad luck to be born on New Year's Eve, and good luck to be born on New Year's Day. Now, I wonder why that is. Those fucking people thought that monkeys ate the moon. They were fucking afraid of everything back there. I guess New Year's Day, it's like the sunrise. Yeah, all is quiet on New Year's Day. You know, fucking Bono comes out. (laughs) New Year's Eve is kind of like the sunset. So maybe that's what they were thinking. Out with the old. 
That's what I mean. Like me and fucking Ben Kingsley, we're out, and here comes your mom in a diaper. Hey, I'm the New Year's baby. Hey, you guys have some Academy Award nominations. You guys have at least two or three Academy Award noms between you. Don't you ever win. forget about We got that. one win. <laughs> That's all right. Charlie, you're on the run and finish show. Hey, is uh, Dave going to bet that uh, win place or show? Don't jinx the horse like in uh, Oprah Greenwich Village. Well, of course, I would uh, win, 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 win. I'm not betting mm. a fucking Kentucky Derby to place. What the hell? What are you making faces for, Pep? It worked out in Pope Grand's Village. Did it? Yeah, it did. Because they ended up with no fucking money. The, see? Oh, they bet this the place. And what did he say when he found out his friend fucking placed? You jinxed me. He never saw the movie. Oh, please. He jinxed himself. Eric Roberts was a train wreck in that movie. What are you talking about? Eric Roberts was the movie. I know, but his character was a uh, screw-up. I don't think so. I think he was doing everything he could, though. He lost yeah, his phone. Phone. Who cares if his character is screw up? We just said we like let it ride so Did he much. fucking save his uh, cousin by putting lie in that fucking you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give it away. Spoiler alert. Let's just say lie goes into something and cop shit his pants. <laughs> um, that's the beauty of it, though. That's yeah. the beauty of it. Most movies are about scumbags. Who cares? So today we're giving away our first uh, Pepper Keat shirt of yeah. all time. And Fez Watley will let us know how. That is with the Weekender. And what it is is, what is the one film that most deserved the Best Picture Academy Award, but did not get it? So you can pick any film you want. Make sure you give us the reason why on the Weekender, and we will announce a winner on Monday, picking up one of the very brand new oh, great. Pepper Chris Stanley Pepper Keat t-shirts. You're, giving, you're forgetting the, the worst part of it. Signed by Pepper Keat. I will sign it. My name is my name. by Ron and Fez. Signed by Davey Mack. Oh, I get to be included in signatures? Not only that, signed by Pips. Yeah! Wow. Now we're talking. I wouldn't mind one of those t-shirts, too. We're not done. We're oh, not done oh, right now. Oh, my God. Hold on. More? Yeah. There's more. And this is exciting. Signed by Matty Ice. Oh! <laughs> this is the only thing. There's one of these. That's it. USA! USA! <laughs> Sorry. That's that our country. That's the bourbon thing. That's our country. I, I mean, I have mine in a split second, but I'm not going to say God it said. on the air. Uh, Goodfellas has to win. Oh, that's ridiculous. It didn't win. The best picture. That's it ridiculous. It didn't win. to win. We all acknowledge it as a at least top 15 film, maybe even a top 10 movie of all time at this point. How about this one? Ordinary People Beats Raging Bull. That's oh, retarded. Sorry. I'm sorry if it's politically incorrect to say retarded. It is. But it is. Well, you know, um, I was just watching this movie last night. Network. What a fucking movie. Yeah, it's insane that I didn't win. Network got beat by shitty Rocky. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You take a fucking Rock genius film like Network, and it r loses to a fucking film of a guy who... It's a nice movie. Don't get yeah, me it's wrong. A sweet little movie. Great soundtrack and everything, but it's not Network. Network's fucking genius. Chinatown didn't win. No, Chinatown did not win. That's ridiculous. Well, Chinatown. What was it? Was that seventy two? So maybe did that get beat by Godfather? It was like seventy five. Oh, well, oh shit, seventy four maybe. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Chinatown is an absolute best picture. Uh, Mystic River, I always, on this show, I always tell you, in, in the 2010s, Mystic River was my favorite movie of that entire decade, or 2000 aughts, mm-hmm. and how that did win best picture. I don't even remember what won in the... Uh, 2003. I think that was the shitty. I, I've got a I got a ring and I'm running back with it. <laughs> yeah, the third one. The, Return of the King. Return of the King. Yeah. That would be like a Return of the Jedi. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> shit. Beat chariots of fire. Yeah, Mystic River was up against Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, Sea Biscuit, and uh, the Return of the King. Sea Biscuit was overrated, but uh, but Mystic River is a is that uh, might be my favorite uh, Clint Eastwood directed movie. Mine's Unforgiven, which did win the Oscar. You're right. That's a fucking great Angie movie. And Gene Hackman won for Supporting Actor. As well he should have. Yeah. And I would have given something to English Bob. I thought oh, English Bob was so unbelievable good. in that. So good. English Bob is my favorite fucking actor <laughs> in the world. And I just, his name, English yeah. Bob, there's, there's no kind of crazy-ass thing. He's from England. <laughs> He's getting mad. Uh, Bill in Boston, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, if I win this T-shirt, can we leave Eastside Dave's signature off? Oh, of that's oh, just that trying hurts. to start trouble. Don't fuck with me, Pat. That Don't hurts. fuck with the fucker, buddy. Don't that you hurts. fuck with the fucker. I'll fucking take a swig off this bourbon right now, and I'll reach through the goddamn telephone, bud. I'll fucking... I'll be Gene Hackman, and you'll be English Bob. You understand what happened in that so, movie? Sometimes I think the bourbon brings out the worst in you. Come on, oh, no, 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 We're having honest. a good time. Pound Stop it. We're, gonna have, we're having a nice day. We're having Friday. a good time. Chug it. Pips. You excited about siding the pepper, Keith? Very excited, Ron. I want you to also put in a whole thing for Nick Basile Radio. Put in the bumper <laughs> sticker for that. How come you never invite Pep on your show? Pep's uh, welcome all the time. Say with Davey Mac. I'll do it tomorrow. I'm going to cancel my show here. <laughs> what? No show tomorrow, all right? No, we actually, uh, there's going to be a good show because we got the Kentucky Derby going on. We'll right see before. the the uh, remnants of it. And then uh, the fucking Nets. Nets Bulls will be on live at, uh, starting at 7.30. Uh, look, Man of Steel said they're giving this shit away based on opinion. Yeah, you dumb fuck. That's exactly <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> Who wants a fact? Um, what year was you dumb fucker? And Road Rash Hicks says, haven't seen the weekender in a while. Well, thank fucking Fezzi for thinking we got to bring the the weekender back. Your contest seems very subjective, Rod. I just gotta tell you. It's like someone chooses who wins. <laughs> well, what is it? They're like a judging panel? Alright, there's a thing up there. You got fucking Pulp Fiction lost to shitty Forrest Gump. Yep. Unbelievable. Shitty Forrest Gump. Forgot about Shawshank. What was uh, all happening in Shawshank here, though? Was that also uh, that, that was Pulp Bra- Fiction? No, yeah? no. That was Braveheart and Braveheart 1, and Apollo 13 was the other nod. It was between Braveheart and, and Fun. But, coincidentally, you know what didn't even get nominated? What? Was Dead Man Walking. And that might have been the best movie that, that was fucking... A fucking that was a strong Sean movie. Penn got nominated for Best Actor, but Dead Man Walking did not get nominated. Sean Shank was up against Quiz Show, Pulp Fiction, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and Forrest oh, Gump. So I was totally one. fucking yeah, wrong. Totally totally then, the next you year... really wrong. You went on a rant about nothing. <laughs> no, Quiz they, Show's a good movie, though. Quiz Show's great. Yeah. Little cameo by Scorsese. Is that the best Robert Redford movie directed? He's the had best some good ones. Robert Red... All right, let's go over his fucking films. 
He's had... Uh, what does he direct? I love, Downhill Racer? I love the fishing movie, um... A river runs through it. Oh God, yeah, I like that too. Ordinary people. Ordinary people. That's the, the one that fucking beat uh, Scorsese. Yeah, you can't really have that quiz show. Quiz show's great. Yeah, it's guy. I guess it's got a quiz show. The horse, horse whisperer. whisperer. He's just fucking talking to a horse for two hours. <laughs> Why didn't he talk louder? <laughs> the horses don't like to be yelled at. The horse at. couldn't hear a fucking thing he was saying. They have the, the horses have a cute hearing. He's very Apparently. close to the horse. Legend of Bagger Van. I didn't even know he directed right, he's that. Shitty. I hated that movie. <laughs> Line for lambs I never even heard of. The Conspirator. I'll tell you what, though. There's a great special on, um, I think it's the History Channel right now, about the uh, you know the the Watergate movie and the all all the president's men and stuff. What's this on? I believe it's it's either on History or National Geographic. I get them confused. But he 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 gets Woodward and Bernstein mm -hmm. and even Ben Bradley, who is 92, and you wouldn't know it at all. He's he's smart as a whip and talks yeah, really is. well. And Redford and Dustin Hoffman are all talking about the movie. And Dustin they, Hoffman was great. And they movie. go through it. He, he was fantastic. Of course, what's that? The, uh, Deep Throat was uh, Hal, uh, whatever his fucking name is. The old man from uh, Into the Wild. Is it Hal Linden? Hal Holbrook? Hal Holbrook. Is that, yeah. Hal Linden was Barney Miller, I think. <laughs> but uh, we can get Barney Miller for the part of this. <laughs> it's a great special. I encourage every, everyone to see it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. Just wanted to make it clear. My right, favorite okay. Dustin Hoffman movie. Okay, uh, you know, I got, I got to go. The Graduate. I know it's so early on. So what? It's a fucking classic. I have to go with The Graduate. What about you, Chris? <clears throat> he took The Graduate, so I can't say that. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, he didn't. Was, get, he didn't win for that. He won for two no. other movies. He was fun in uh, I Heart Huckabee's. Come on. He was boy, he was good in that, but that's not a Dustin Hoffman Over movie. Over Midnight Cowboy, yeah, that you know. Over Lenny, Lenny talking Kramer versus Kramer, even uh, you Rain know Man. What? Kramer wasn't even in that movie. <laughs> you talk about Rain Man; he's very good in that. Retarded yeah. guy. Yeah, Tom Cruise, you are my brother. Uh, I'm, we we saw that movie in the theater, and I was like a little kid. And my mom's like, "What great casting! Dustin Hoffman, Tom Cruise look like brothers." <laughs> I'm like, "You couldn't get two fucking different." Unless Dustin Hoffman was black, I don't think Dustin Hoffman looked anything like Tom Cruise. Why got crap on your mom for? Well, I'm just saying it was a bad. Maybe January first is Slut Day. Maybe my mom was born <laughs> on Slut Day. Because if anyone thinks Dustin Hoffman looks like Tom Cruise, they're fucking blind. And sluts. Where's the goddamn bourbon? It's right there, dog. Let's Kentucky Derby in it. Um, mm. Let's get some big Kentucky Derby picks with our own Saratoga Chick. This is exciting. Hello, boys. Chick, Finally. so good to hear from you. Oh, it's good to hear from you guys. Listen, uh, before I start getting into the nitty-gritty of this thing, I just want you guys to remember one thing. Picking winners is 85% luck. That said, I'm going to be giving you guys that 15% edge here, which other people would normally have to pay a price for, and I'm giving it to you guys, Ungats. Okay? Mm. All right, so here we go. That's classy. Let's get to the nitty-gritty before I Is give you for some free? facts about yes. the Derby, all right? All right. Five-horse, 10-cent Superfecta. Oh. It's going to cost you 12 bucks. Love Pepper it. will tell you, if you get the first four horses, I don't give a shit what their odds are. It's going to pay a juicy price. Yeah. He's right. The four horses I definitely am including are 7th to Morning Line Orb, 
right. And uh, one of the reasons I'm doing that is because a buddy of mine in Florida, Pompano Kurt, is pushing this horse. Ten to one revolutionary. It's the number three horse. Believe it or not, a friend of mine in, also in Florida, his last name is Seaman. Uh, I used to always tell him I'd rather be a boy named Sue than uh, grow up like him. Third horse is 15 to 1 Java's War, the number 19 horse. A Costa Rican friend of mine who I call Andres the Giant likes this horse. And then my pick to round out the pick four, before we add one other horse, is 12 to 1 Normandy Invasion. Pepper actually said it yesterday. He's going to probably call up with some stupid fucking shit like, from the five hole, my favorite tamale, Javier Castellano. I know it. You knew it, right, Pepper? I know. That's your man. All right, so now we got those four horses in there, and one other horse, depending upon what the odds are, you know, let that dictate who you throw in. 15 to 1 morning line, it's my lucky day I like. That's a 12 horse. 5 to 1 golden sense, Davy Max horse that he's like, uh, I'll, I'll get back to that horse later on. It's the 8 horse. And 4 to 1 Veranzano. If he's a price, this is going to be one of the favorites. If he's a price, you got to throw him in there. So I'm saying. Three, five, sixteen, nineteen, and one of those other three horses I mentioned. It's my lucky day, Golden Sense, or Veranzano. Okay, okay. That sounds good. And I'm also doing a one dollar exacta box. That's a twelve dollar bet as well. And I'm using Revolutionary the three, Java's War the nineteen, Orb the sixteen, and Normandy Invasion the five. Twelve more bucks. And then I'm going $10 went in place with Normandy Invasion. We're talking a total of 44 fucking bucks. And if uh, any of this comes in, it's going to be more than parakeet time. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. All right. Now, also, just to, you know, before I get into like some of the fun facts about the Derby, just to wet your beaks before this race comes up. Good. Yeah, I, I want to I I taste. Race 9, the Churchill Downs Handicap, 7 furlongs. It's my kind of race. It's the Bukowski Golden Rules here. Never bet on a horse who hasn't run in 40, oh, for 45 day plus layoff. And never bet a horse who hasn't at least had a good try or wins at the distance. I like three horses in here. The two, Hiero, 10 to 1 with Johnny V on him. The five, Unbridled's Note, 5 to 1 on the morning line. And the six horse, Pass the Dice, 12 to 1 and $10 to win on Unbridled's Note. Just to wet our beaks, okay? Yeah. All right, now, here's some Derby fun facts. Uh, Pepper probably already knows this, but, you know, just for the people that, you know, uh, aren't really familiar with horse racing, the reason I'm not picking, uh, the reason I think everybody's off Veranzano is dig these facts. A horse named Apollo is the only Derby winner who didn't race as a two-year-old. And that happened the same year Jesse James was shot dead by a coward named Robert Ford, 1882. That said, good fucking luck, Veranzano. The second thing, uh, the fun fact... <laughs> is it going to rain? This is a fun oh, fact. Oh, this is going to pour. It's going to pour. Oh, that's one of the other things I wanted to mention. <laughs> that's a good thing to mention. <laughs> I wanted to mention to you guys. It, they're talking. It was, it's been for the last couple of days. It's going to just be either showers. And then last night I was watching something about the Oaks today. These guys are saying that it's gone now to an 80% chance. And they're thinking that it could be an inch of rain. So the four horses that I gave you before, that Superfecta, I looked at the sire ratings, and they can run either in the slop, or on, a, on, on you know, regular fast track. 
So I'm, I'm giving you guys a combination of things and stuff so that you're covered both ways, all right? I love it. All right. Now, this, the second fun fact is co-owned, the, you know, Rick Pitino co-owns this Golden Sense that Davey Mack likes. Yeah. And it's That's trained me. by last year's Derby winner, Doug Milkshake O'Neill, all right? That's a rumor. All right. But did you also know that this horse is being ridden by a Krieger? Whoa. Kevin Krieger. Oh, That's right. He's from the Virgin Islands, and he'll be the first black jock yeah, I, to win this race since a guy named Kevin Winkfield did it in 1902. What did you call him? This is his name. His last, his last name is Krieger, like in Jigger, you know? Right. Oh, God. You know, so, but he's from the Virgin Islands. Uh, you know, uh, another fun fact is that in the first derby in 1875, there were 15 horses entered, and 13 were ridden by black jockeys. But the segregation laws after that, you know, the post-Reconstruction, by the 1900s, they were just almost completely phased out. So this guy, Jimmy Winkfield, was the last guy in 1902, a black jockey, to win the Kentucky Derby. And last but not least... You know, I heard Ron talking earlier this week about, you know, Rosie Napravnik, who was on 60 Minutes with that, you know, interview with whoever the hell was interviewing her. Yeah. She's on a horse called My Loot. But forget about all that other stuff. I have inside scuttlebutt from the jockey community at Fairgrounds that her number, her numero uno sexual per, uh, preference is taken in the fucking can. <laughs> now, this is going to come, come out in her memoirs here, Sonep, but you heard it here That's here saying it's beneath us. We're gentlemen. Who doesn't? Who doesn't, doesn't like that? Yeah, right, it's a good thing. So, you know, with yeah. that thought in mind, deal. think about this when she's, like, bouncing up in that saddle tomorrow with the camera zeroing her butt and ass and stuff, you know? When she's on that big dick horse of hers, my loot, you know? Holy shit. Yeah, we All right, Jake. Wait, is he implying she fucked the horse? I don't think I so. I didn't say she fucked the horse. No, that, that never happened. I never Let's... said that. Ron could say that. I never said that. No. Yeah. All right, Jake. It's oh, all good stuff. Pepper, when are we, when are we, you know, I'm glad that David Maxwell, when are we ever going to get together for drinks? Are yeah, we ever going to do this? I'm sick of that. I'm sick of that. When we hit. When we hit. When we oh, hit? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna okay, hit, listen. We're hit this super fact that we're all going to ball out. <laughs> okay. If I don't talk to you guys after, if we don't you know, do anything, next time you'll hear from me, it'll be for the precursor. Okay, guys? Okay, Beautiful. buddy. All right, good luck, guys. Thanks, Chick. Chick's a little edgy, though, huh? I'm on his mailing list. Uh, going nice. <laughs> and it's constantly going back and forth about this guy, Pompano Kurt, and all these inside... No, Pompano Kurt's a good guy. I know, yeah. He's, 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 he he's likes to hang down to Pompano. Oh, hell yeah. I was with the ass thing, though. Oh, that threw me for a loop. He's a little salty. What's so what? Yeah, but we're gentlemen. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't talk about stuff Yeah, like that. she's a nice girl. From a nice family. <laughs> nice girl, <laughs> nice family. She's a hugger! By the way, did you see the butt exercises that we got up on the iBank today? Oof. No. Let's check this out. The Weekender question is up on the Interrobang. Here's this weekend's question. What is the one movie that most deserved to win the Best Picture Academy Award and did not get the Oscar? Put in your answer and convince us why. You'll pick up the very first ever Pepper Hicks Pepper Keat shirt signed by the entire Rod and Fez show staff. And it's a perfect question since this is, you know, Academy Award weekend. We should be asking uh, this question. All right, now watch these girls. Put up, give me a little volume. So now have the hands in front. Relax the legs. 
really just let the legs relax. And you're going to alternate squeezing and releasing your glutes. You keep saying you got something for me. That almost seems impossible. Something you call love. That seems more impossible than in the stairs video. It almost seems like one of those things, like you ever see the fucking can that dances along with the music (laughs) that they sell that Spencer gives? There's a little guy with uh, fishing uh, wire. Look, they're all doing it. Yeah, it's weird. But she makes sure she's got all nice round-ass girls with her. It's a cult. Yeah, there's no flat-ass girl in the game. Oh, yeah, you're not going to have Beanie McDonald in there, you know, having her, her... Glute butt dance during fucking slut day. Dude, Let me say something you, else here. Uh, you shouldn't be talking about your mom's ass. You, no, you brought you just you just put some light on this, you know, on the topic. That's all. You exposed he's, it. He's like the fucking son in Arrested Development, where he's far too close with his mom. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, uh, when I went to over to Landscape. Um, on Thursday, I, I went there at like seven in the morning, and my they pick mom you up outside the Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what? I'm fucking, I'm part Mexican. They didn't let him in the cab. He had to jump in the back. <laughs> so what? God's got to do what he's got to do. He's fucking pay the bills. You understand? And by that, I mean does his parents fucking landscaping. <laughs> anyway, I walked into the house and I, I had. Uh, Scared them. You know, yeah. they, they never locked their doors. They're very old school that way. And uh, my mom was uh, still in her, her robe. Oh, God. And All it right. seemed very much like she wanted me to see something. <laughs> oh, stop what it. the hell are you talking about? It's your mother. She's trying to flash stop you. Stop it. I'll just say that's what it seemed like, that she wanted me to see something. <sighs> I didn't see much. Well, your dad's laid I saw right the now, top. Right? I saw two tops of tits. All right, Ezra wants to yeah, see a dad. pick of the prize. My dad. I thought we sent the pick in. It was sent. Well, come, it's not up there, Fezziwig. Let's get on it. Let's make it all fucking happy and healthy. How come he didn't have my face showing the pick? I mean, showing the T-shirt. He didn't want your fucking face in the pick. It's I know that. It's about what, what the T-shirt, that? not you. All right. I brought in the goddamn T-shirt, You, pal. Ne- you also a- haven't given him a pull off the bourbon. That's I why he's mad at you. Yeah, fine. Here's a fucking pull, you Let's big see baby. if he takes a baby fucking swig or he takes a man swig. Mm, bourbon tastes good. It does. Uh, of course he's going to try and do something to impress wow, Ronnie B. Yeah, because look, he gets the bubbles going when he fucking hits it. Nice, pal. I brought these T-shirts in from Port Authority, for crying out loud. Uh, no cab, no nothing. You know how this much butt this box weighed? <laughs> At least one pound. <laughs> it was very light. I don't know why I'm complaining. I don't know why they sent it to you instead of sending it here. Uh, my guy Kelly's weird with that kind of shit. Again, the Airborne Ranger, he kills people, in my opinion, probably for a living. What am I going to do? Trace him and fucking add him on the internet? <laughs> He's fucking safe with me. I'm an American citizen. <laughs> I'm all fucking USA. I hate those fucking marathon bombers up there and their friends. No, I know that. You, you know. sure? Yeah, I know. Because I don't want anybody thinking I'm anti-American. Oh, I've never thought that. I think Ronnie B. I think Ron B. Red, <laughs> white, and blue. <laughs> That's true. I would think of that. That's what I think. R is red. B <laughs> is blue. If your middle my, name was white. No, my middle name is Wendell. So it's W. RWB red, white, blue. Isn't that crazy? That's fucking awesome if you're telling me the truth. Yeah, I am. Did they do that on purpose? No. 
You know, I, I did, um, we did uh, my daughter's thing uh, on purpose, uh, she, Juliana McDonald, and then we wanted an E name so that she could be Jem, like oh, the, the old uh, 80s uh, cartoon. Well, why don't you just call her what she really is, Jew. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> then I'd have to be Wick Donald. That would be too weird. Old Wick Donald. <laughs> but she was named uh, Elise after uh, Eli. Nice. That was when Eli won the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. It's true, too. So I got that. And then I, I your son was named after Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick, which is really nice. I I, I wanted I, I originally wanted Martin for for Marty. I threw out Woody, but I knew that wasn't going to fly. But Stanley, now I, I you know I, I love the name because it's nice. It's really cool. Stan is a nice you know you can shorten it or you get you get yeah. mad. Stanley, the fuck are you doing? Why don't you name him Cohen Brothers McDonald? <laughs> Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley, stop it. We say that a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. We say that a lot in our house. He's a fun kid. He's got a lot of energy, but he's he climbs the walls. Yeah, it's like Spider Man as a kid. <laughs> it's he's hard. Uh, we got to break it here. Let's break it up. Uh, let's break it and come back with some more uh, some more of the Randolph family. Davey Max sitting in with us today. He had a big meeting down the hall. Oh yeah, had to last almost four minutes. <laughs> He's got four, a bottle of bourbon out of Four there. minutes that are going to change the world of radio, my friend. Do you think it was longer than four minutes? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't looking because at my phone. you were gone for 12, and then you came back with bourbon and said that you talked to Rolly. Yeah. <laughs> and it took him time to go down there. Yeah, I know. It's like a three-minute walk each way. I feel like it was seven did, to eight minutes. Did you at least get to sit down? Yeah, I got to sit down, and I got to talk to the man. He was very pleasant. We had some nice things. He said of two things he would do for me. That's all I can ask for. It's nice. If he's going to do two things for me, he's going to, and he's, he's really going to do them. Then what do you want? For, you know, then I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the meeting. All right, Ezra, the picture's been up. You just got to refresh. Oh, Ezra. Boy, Ronnie B for Prez comes up with uh, some good ones. There will be blood. Over no country for old men. That was one of the toughest picks that, of all time. Yeah, that's the only that thing is year. that there will be blood. I actually do watch more these days. Like I, I seem to watch there will be blood four times a year. But you can't go against the Coen Brothers. Dave McDonald <laughs> <laughs> must not have a lot of Blu-rays because he's been watching this five times this month. Oh, you know what, Chris? Since you're constantly trying to give me Blu-rays, yeah, I'm like I don't have a player, yeah. I had a player sent to me. Oh, nice. Mike Kaka. Whoa. He goes like this. Look, I'm tired of hearing you saying that Chris doesn't think of you the Blu-ray. Here's a nice Blu-ray player. Did you like that? Uh, I, I gave you the master. It's so fantastic. Did I'm you like that? Watching it around the fucking clock on Blu-ray. It's awesome. Round the clock. Crystal <laughs> clear. Good. Yeah, the Blu-rays even make the master's normal. fucking terrific, oh. and only me, you, and fucking uh, Pepper Keith love it. You know what? He's a fraud because I oh, I looked I up on that. the Davy Max Sports Program. Mm -hmm. He told me his favorite movie was Zero Dark Thirty. This oh, past the ones year. that were nominated. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> so why would you pop your collar? Because he's Fonzie. <laughs> I haven't seen that since Fonzie. Yeah, I popped my collar. I thought, you know, that would be the last word on the discussion. What is it, Fez? Coming up in less than an hour, <laughs> it is Unmasked with special guest Alan Alda. Alan Alda, multiple Emmy winner, Golden Globe winner, coming up on Unmasked in less than an hour right here on the Ron and Fez Show. Now, if you listen close to this, you'll find out for the first half hour, I thought it was Alan Arkin. <laughs> I kept asking him about the in-laws. 
Alan Alda, my favorite Woody Allen uh, actor. I bring it up to him. Yeah. You know my I said favorite. To I said to him, if it bends, <laughs> it's funny. And he goes, and what's the rest? <laughs> if it breaks, it's not, not. funny. Uh, we'll be right back. Ron Fez Show. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez Show on Sirius XM's OP and Anthony channel. More in moments. Hey, let me grab my guitar and get in the car. Family, Jersey representing, Orange. and church, so South Orange, We're all Orange. church. That's nasty. Well, once again, I think he was one of those guys that caught on in Philly before anywhere else. He did. He did. He wears Philly's gear too, and a lot, or at least when I saw him. I guess the can't base entire, uh, you know, no. all of his performances Go by everything by what you saw <laughs> on the one time I saw him in Asbury Park. Um, bon Jovi's coming back to play the stadium. Who's he? Yeah. Opening band, Jay Giles band, motherfuckers. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Are they back with, uh, every, is Peter everyone Wolf back? Is, yeah, Peter Wolf is there. I don't know if Jay Giles is, though. I think they're now fighting with him. There's always somebody out in that band. Yeah. You know? It's like a morning show where somebody's always in trouble <laughs> with the rest of the guys. Uh, so much that going on. Uh, you can win the first Pepper Tweet shirt that's up on the iBang. Um... Also, we're starting Movie Club again, where opening weekend Movie Club, where you can get in and talk about each new movie. This this time, 
It's Iron Man 3, as you see it. Feel free, it'll all be spoiler alerts up there. I've seen it. You have? How'd you get access to that? Well, Pepper hooks me up. Mm-hmm. Pepper hooks? Well, I had to do the fucking Ben Kingsley, and he's in it. Oh. And uh, when Iron Man died, I was crying. I but I fucking cried even more when his oh. wife died. Okay, I'll... Because I, he didn't make the save. I, <laughs> there's... Twelve dollars. Uh, you've just saved me. Yeah, but you're not say you're not hearing it in three D the way you'll say it. <laughs> movie. I'm looking at you. You like these kind of movies, right? You're a popcorn guy. You're a, uh, a comic book guy. I like them all, but yeah, I like the. Yeah, I'm I'm actually not as huge into the Iron Man series as some of the other comic books. See, um, I like this one because of Robert Downey Jr. and Shane Black. Yeah, I know Downey Jr. But, is a great. Actor, but the second but... they start fucking Iron Man fighting, I find myself bored. That's right. I know other people are clapping, like, and it's yeah, just, yeah, it just—it also just seems like in the Iron Man movies too, they keep multiplying Iron Man. There's a lot of Iron Man. <laughs> like, like there was like four or five Iron Mans in the second one, and then from the trailer, it looked like there was a hundred Iron Mans in the sky. Yeah, people build <laughs> a lot of robots. <laughs> <laughs> to fight so like, the if there's a fourth one, there's going to be like eight million Iron, like every like human. Person on the planet's gonna be uh, Iron Man. Here, like, turn off your radio if you don't want to hear a spoiler alert. I'm gonna give people a lot of uh, fucking time with this spoiler alert coming up. Do 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 do. Peace ho. W N E W. Do 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 do. Um, spoiler alert coming up. Because you don't mind hearing this one little Iron Man fact, right? No, I want to hear it. It's like a technical fact. I'm fine. Spoiler coming up, okay? So you should be off your radio. I'm going to say something about Spider-Man. Not Spider-Man, but Iron Man. Iron Man, Hulk. So here's the deal. Those robots fly around, right? But if he wants them to, they will suddenly jump on him and wrap around him, and he's Iron Man inside the suit. And then he can jump out of it, and the suit can go do shit. So is he he's, like this suit's a drone? He, like, he can yes. control? Wait, that they, he can draw or put on speed can, dial. Can he make all the Iron Mans into one humongous Iron Man? He does that. Oh. It's Ultraman. So that's he calls it, yeah, no, no, it's Ultraman. He calls it. He calls it Ultraman. Ultraman. Listen, yeah. I'm a child of the '80s. It was called oh. Voltron. Ultraman was anime, and that's what leads to his death. <sighs> I'm, I'm glad he's dead. Don't be. You'll fucking cry when he dies. I'm starting to think maybe Robert Downey Jr. should die after what you just told us. He's not feeling well. Even though he's better now, he did destroy his liver. <laughs> I don't know why Ultraman has a surfboard. I think I could be like in a comic book movie or something. Just you Look, could. it's Ultraman! Yeah, you could do it. You know, just pointing? Yeah. Yelling? Yeah. I had a friend who was pointing in one of the early Superman movies. That was his only job, pointing <laughs> up in the air. He ended up getting, I think, an Oscar for it. <laughs> Damn! Best pointer. All right, David Mack, you're a big uh, Beatles fan, right? Love them to death. Now, we're going to play a little game with you called Either or Neither, Manson or the Beatles. I'm also a Charles uh, Manson fan. Yeah. So this well, is perfect. that's sad, then. <laughs> now, I don't know whether these are Manson lyrics or Manson quotes. Okay. Because you know he was also a songwriter. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to check upon that. But Axel uh, put one of the, you know, his lyrics to a song. If you if you recall, quotes. These are quotes. These are quotes from both. So neither one is a lyric. No. Okay. Beale's lyrics or Manson quotes. Let's think it over while we play the either or neither song. 
either or neither Getting high off of ether Riding a zebra Getting jungle fever Either or neither It's time for some fun Take one or none It's either or neither Okay, that was a great, nice song. I'm ready to play. All right, you're ready to play this. Yes, I am. Now, Pep, don't tell him whether he's right or wrong. You'll just tell him at the end okay. how he did. Uh, because people can play this if they want to go over to the iBang and play. And see if you can beat Davey Mack, okay. who's supposedly a Beatles fan. I am, supposedly. You talk about it Absolutely. Sometimes. I've seen Paul McCartney thrice. Thrice? What? Three times. I should save myself a syllable is all. <laughs> okay. All right. I know that I'm ready to leave because you're making me feel like I've never belonged. The Beatles, Manson, or neither? Beatles. I know I'm ready to leave. <laughs> if you start singing like that, it's going to fuck me up entirely. <laughs> Everything's going to be... I need a fix because I'm going down. Uh, Beatles. Know that That's one. a little too easy. Yeah, that was easy. I love my mother. She's a good girl. Um, you know, I want to. Say, I'm going to say Charles Manson. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love my mother. She's a good girl. <laughs> a good Beatles girl. Right, Beatles. That now it starts to sound like a Ringo song because right. Ron's fucking singing it. It's I play his Beatles. All right. Life is so crazy, but I feel like King. I feel like King or like a. like King. That's uh, stupid. Charles Manson. <laughs> it has to be. Shouldn't that be like a King? It says like King. Or maybe it felt like Martin Luther King. <laughs> it sounds like Captain Caveman would say like it's not King. Not like us to have fuck ups. I'm a boxcar and a jug of wine. I'm a boxcar <laughs> and a jug of wine. Give me neither because I haven't said it yet and I don't think it's the Beatles. I ain't got magical powers and mystical trips. I ain't got magical <laughs> powers and mystical trips. Um, <laughs> Charles Manson. Oh, man. Yes. One yes, sweet, Lennon. <laughs> one sweet dream came true today. Well, let's see. Be one, one sweet dream yeah, one came sweet true dream. today. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All good children go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's Manson. We're just talking about Beatles sing along now. He's talking about the race war. Uh, one sweet dream came true today. Yeah, it's guy. It's Beatles. It's Beatles, right? Yeah, it's Abbey Road yeah, album. Yeah, uh, but he did write one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven on that fucking on that door. That was one of the things that they wrote. Oh, yeah, and and he wrote yeah, and he wrote piggies. In my mind, and Helter Skelter. In my mind's eye, my thoughts like fires in your cities. <laughs> Charles Manson. It's gotta be. <laughs> Who fucking else would say something so? What's funny? the Harrison? No, the, the only thing I'm trying to think of is the neither thing is some you know. either or neither. <laughs> you fucking a Bieber. <laughs> There are the dreams of things unseen. Neither. Whoa. You were quick on that. Yeah. And now you've changed your mind. I see no reason to change mine. And now you've changed your mind. There was one thing not to say. <laughs> um. <sighs> Beatles. <laughs> you could have gotten either. I roll the nickels. The game is mine. I deal the cards. <laughs> that's fucking Charles Manson. If I ever heard one. I roll the nickels, man. <laughs> I don't even think that's a debatable one. What makes you think you're something special when you smile? Beatles. You're laughing. I don't know why you're laughing at that, Peppy Hamburger. Your score? Yeah. 75%. Oh, that's fucking a D. That's not terrible. Hold on. You failed. Can I just see what I got wrong? I won't say it on the air. Uh... 
All right. Should have had that. I should have. Oh, come on, man. I had you miss that. Come on, man. Now, see, I don't feel feel bad if I missed any of the uh, neither. So so I just missed two? You missed three. Oh, I missed three. That's not terrible. That's terrible. (laughs) This is crap. This is depressing. That means you're going to have to retake your driver's test. Either or neither, you're fucking a beaver. Well, if you can, you're going to play against Davey Mack now by going over the iBang. Try and beat 75%, bitches. Dogs is. If you can do it, Who bring let it. the dogs is out, dogs is. <laughs> I will per. If someone beats me, forget it. I will personally, I will, I will reward them with a special prize that I give to Chris <laughs> Pepper Stanley. I, I, I will give a. a I will give a picture for the winner, and I'll give it to Pepper, and he, mm. he can email it to the person. <laughs> All right? Oh, they get a digital picture. Digital picture of my dick. <laughs> <laughs> and Pepper's mouth. <laughs> oh, no. I, if, You're a part I, of the photo shoot, Pepper. And for, seriously, yeah. if we were doing a bit, right, yeah. would you put your penis in Pepper's mouth? Of course. Yeah, if you don't think that bit. makes you gay? No, no, no. If it's for the radio, we're doing a bit, man. You just said right, it. Same thing as a bit. Would he put his penis in your mouth? <laughs> this, is, this is a lot harder than either or neither, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I would say, yeah, I would let him put yeah. his dick in my mouth. Would but actually that would be, be more sanitary than putting your dick in his mouth, because the fucking dentist kept him for six and a half hours the yeah, other day. it was night. bad. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was really I have bad. great he had teeth. fucking ringworm in his mouth. Mm-hmm. See, my, my whole family has fantastic <laughs> teeth, no cavities. The whole family, my, huh? My dad has no spinal fluid left <laughs> in his fucking back. You know, he's on the couch these last two months, but he's got fucking great teeth. No, uh, you know, fake teeth at all for that guy. Either or neither. Yeah, I'd suck Pepper's dick. I can't believe I had to say that. God, I don't want to hear that from you. If there was a prize. We're out <laughs> at 148. Yeah, we're out at 148, though. Uh, the Bucks retired Warren Sapp's jersey. Number 99, as they said, no one else wanted it anyway. <laughs> and they also have retired football, professional football in that stadium. <laughs> they should disband that team and just give out all the players. Offers are piling up for Tim Tebow. None of them to play quarterback, more or less to do stunts. He's got, he's got to do it. He's getting offered like 30 grand to, uh, to be basically an infomercial. Yeah. No, but I mean, for the football team, um, even his agent was, his agent was desperately trying to... Uh, Seek Susan? <laughs> to get the uh, Dolphins to get uh, to give Tebow a job, and his agent's like, "Listen, he wants to play quarterback, but there will be no controversy. You give him a job and say right from the start, he's the third string quarterback, and that's it." But a lot of people aren't looking for third string quarterbacks yeah. who can't come in and like conservatively run an offense. Like what you're looking for in a third string quarterback is a guy who knows how to go in there, show, throw short passes, right. fucking do handoffs. Stop the bleeding. Yeah, just stop, just calm things down because there's been two ACL injuries <laughs> in that game. Horrible things have happened. Unless you're looking for Steeman Willie Beeman, who's the greatest third string quarterback of all time. But see, the thing is, normally in a third string quarterback, what you want is some elderly guy who's going to be helping yeah. out the young guys. Absolutely, you know Steve he's like DeBerg. a right. Steve Remember? DeBerg is like he was, the junior coach. Yeah, he was he was that way for years. Always had his little nice little baseball cap on, yeah. the curly hair. Occasionally he'd play, he'd yeah. do a decent job, and that's it. And then he would, but normally you would see him with a clipboard going, "Come on, kid, settle <laughs> right. it down." I've been through this many times myself. Look at me. Right. You can do this. That's right. And then it's like a coach who will also drink with you. 
Yeah. That's what you want in a third-string quarterback. Yeah, it, it, it's if Tebow wants to stay in the NFL, just do what everyone's asking you to do. Become a, some sort of weird fullback tight end. slash tight end, tight end type job. Well, well, well. It's UCB Fred. How are you, Freddie? Oh, I cannot here. wait. We're going to go see him do improv. Are you in with his uh, Davey yeah, Max? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, all yeah, going to yeah. go mm-hmm. May 9th to see you do improv. May 9th? Uh, no, guys. That's why I'm calling and saying, I'm there. Yeah, come see me do improv. The show got canceled. Oh. I, what the cat. fuck? I took off work. I can't. That it's not my decision. My team, they're the like, bourbon. we're canceling the show. Is, they didn't well, I don't care team. what your excuse is. It's a bunch of crap and lies <laughs> anyway. What? Well, you can still go. We're not going to be there. Really want to go. Yeah, we're uh, going anyway. I was going there for you. You know, we've I, been well, best friends since, since 2006. Where are you going in that nice suit, Charlie? There ain't no improv show. <laughs> I, was I was your mentor. Disappointed. Look, my, and I was Pepper's point. mentor. I didn't, I didn't make. I I didn't make callbacks. I didn't make a team. And I thought, oh, at least I have my own team. And now my team has canceled our own show. Pussies. And Why did they cancel? It's because you. Because because they kept losing money on it. And I was like, guys, why'd you cancel it? I got people coming to the show. And they're like, well, we didn't book teams and we didn't book the space. And we're canceling the show. Uh, I've never uh, felt so racist in my life had, as I do right now. <laughs> you had five people in this room who were going to see you. I know. That's what I told them. And they were like, they didn't want to do it. They don't want to do... Then uh, so they don't want in. You know what I'm saying? I know. You ought to go back to fucking Virginia. You fucking failed in New York, dude. Why, I, why, why don't you come to the ESD theater? It's a, it's <laughs> it's in my garage. We have lots of improv with puppets. Cold smoke zone. I, I'll do it. Or you can just I play don't, I don't against smoke, me. But I'll be there. Uh, I I feel like I feel like I I feel like I'm giving up right now. Good. Like what's the point? Good. I'm at, yes. I'm starting a new job next week. It's a nine to five job in advertising. Oh, that's perfect Jesus. for you. You're a madman now. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like it's I got the just fun. Been, He's about I to break like, edge too. He's about to start drinking. You know oh. what? At least you'll be banging fucking secretaries still at a time. Having martini lunches. Uh, What's the name of this advertising company? <laughs> what? No, I'm just saying. If hey, you, if you ever need any ideas, come to us with it because I'm really fucking good at ideas like this. All right, I could need some because I'm very nervous about this. Don't be, dude. We're fucking brainstormers. Give us, like, one product. We'll come up with something right now. All right, like Burger King. All right, Burger King, right? It's not just for black people anymore. That's good. You know what I mean? I'm going to write that down. That's very nice. And what I'm thinking is we have uh, black people on the poster. And then, but we also have white people. No, the black white people, person. No, black person. And then there's one of those Ghostbuster fucking <laughs> nose. Of it's yeah. not just for them. Right. Okay. It's not just for black people anymore. Right. And you see like a white family walking over like, I think should be stepping over like uh, some dead crackheads on their oh way. Who are black? Yeah. Or? yeah, obviously. Okay. Jackson. I would, I would say, say crackheads. That sounds like a horrible idea, but I was just listen to how the advertising people right. always shoot down the. Yeah, right? I know the creativity. I know. There's never anything good enough. All right, let's come up with another product. Well, I, I, it might work because I went down to that Burger King that's uh, in the subway concourse under the building, and good. that closed. So you know, right? They, they need, need some help. Hmm? What's the next product? Right, come up with another product. All right. Um. Uh, Jeez, I don't know. Golf balls. All right. Um, golf balls. 
so clean a Japanese family can eat off of it. Oh, yeah. And you just show them because they don't eat much and they're just and then, eating off a of golf Can we maybe have, you said Japanese people? Yeah. And then maybe uh, one of those same Ghostbuster circles with Chinese people because the Japanese and Chinese have been at each other's uh, and Koreans, for years. The only reason you can tell them apart is that we'll have the slants go up for the Japanese and down for the Chinese. For the Chinese. Uh, yeah. My mom actually said that to me when I was six. She said, Chinese people are like this. And Japanese people, and she would do the weird, the quasi-racist Asian accent. Everything was racist years ago. I'd be like, joke's on you when you see what, who Mark gets married to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all these part. ideas sound very racist. Racial. Racial is different from racist. If you want to go viral, you got to take some of Ronnie B's fucking <laughs> ideas. Right, you got to go viral. Come on. Look at that Mountain Dew commercial. It blew up. Black people. Yeah, well, they didn't blow up black people. No, it became viral. Oh. So, why well, are you nervous? I, You're just drawing the cartoons, right? No, that's the thing is that I won't be drawing cartoons. I'll be doing, like, serious ass stuff. I won't be doing, like, fun. I feel like I'm selling out. You are like selling I'm, out. Yeah, you've sold oh. out, man. Jeez. I only, I, I guess you're right. All right, what's like so a good now. cookie? Oreo. Okay, here's a good Oreo? one. Oreo. Yeah. Oreos. It's like God farted in your mouth. Oreos. <laughs> That's good. I'm picturing like a fat guy, like, and then we have like stink lines coming out of his ass. Into, yeah. But then the fat guy has the big beard, like God. Right. That's what I'm thinking. It's, I mean, but, it's a very literal interpretation of what you were but saying. But the weird thing, while he's farting yeah. in his mouth of his family, yeah, just, you also see that he has a heart on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can be a part of that project. Yeah. I was kind of on board up until the hard on. Okay. Hey, <laughs> you know what? You notice that I didn't fucking chisel this into stone. We're spitballing. You know. I mean, we've got to. We have to have a. We have to have an environment where everybody feels free to throw stuff out. You ever watch Celebrity Apprentice? They, they, they always say, "Hey, listen, if Ronnie B is going to spitball, right. you don't just reject the idea unless you have something to add, Fred." Okay, wait. I got something. Forget the hard on. God's hermaphrodite because he's got to mean <laughs> everything. Right. So. You have a vagina and a penis, well, and the penis, penis is That's limp, I like long that. but limp. I like it because it offends both sexes. <laughs> That's why I like it. I, this is I good, like Fred. Write this shit down. Right. Who are All you? Right. Oreos. God is a man and a woman. Yeah, kind of. You know. We don't really know. Oh, Oreos, they're not for fags anymore. <laughs> See, I, I, I tell you why I don't like that. Because they're going to think at one point all only gays ate it. You're right. And they want to be associated. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, never mind then. You're right. How about this? Oreos, doesn't it remind you of two black dudes on a white woman? <laughs> Oreos. <laughs> I mean, right? we want ads people are going to remember. I think people will definitely remember something like that. Iron I'm, Man 3 no. opens this weekend, so the opening weekend movie club is up on the Interrobang. What the crazy. Where you crazy can here. take the poll and leave your comments about Iron Man 3, and that includes spoiler talk, all on the Interrobang this weekend. Iron Man 3 has male parts and female parts. Oh, I do like that. I do like that. They already have a tagline anyway. Oh. On Iron Man. No, I mean, what I'm is it? Saying. What's their tagline? Iron okay. Man 3. Look at this fag in a robot costume. <laughs> You're lucky there's not a library going on right now. You'd be in trouble. I apologize. That's the bourbon what talking. Is that, what is their tagline, Pepper? Let's, let's Find the poster. More see. irony than ever? <laughs> like, uh... 
two Iron Dudes banging one white girl. Holy shit, that would be great. Yeah. Even his dick is iron. Tony Stark so returns with energy. Oh, that's what? fucking terrible. That's that's the tagline. <laughs> that's that's not the same thing as you know. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, that's <laughs> literally the plot <laughs> Tony Stark is returning with energy. That's not a fucking. They they should put. I'm worried Robert Downey Jr. is back on crack. <laughs> <laughs> Come and watch this movie and let us know if you think he's. I wish him and Tom Sizemore would trade places, and maybe Jesus Tom Christ. Sizemore would clean up his act. He could be Iron Man or something. The problem with Sizemore is I think he did some permanent damage. Really? Yeah. I, you know, he's in so many great fucking movies. He's tense. Intense. Yeah. Did you talk to him? Yeah, of course I did. Oh, I didn't know. We went, you know, like I always do. Pepper never tells me. We go fucking, you know, backstory with each other. <laughs> All my favorite people in the world are ex-junkies. I mean, that's why I love fucking UCB Fred so much. Ex Chunky landed on his feet. Yeah, um, you're right. Are you working on Madison Avenue, Fred? I'm working in between. I'm working on. I'll be working on Fifth, right next to Madison. That's now. terrible, though. Yeah, that's less. Than. I think. Yeah, I, think exactly. I, I think Ron knows where Fifth Avenue is. <laughs> yeah. Fifth and what? Fifth and uh, like the 28th. Yeah, we had to meet it's Smith and Wolinski for fucking lunch one day. Oh, oh yeah. Here's another tagline. There seems to be multiple of them. Even heroes fall. That's stupid. And he's falling on the poster. Oh, oh, oh change it to heroes never fall. I hope his rocket jets work before you. We could be heroes. No, they don't. Oh boy. Mm -mm. Then they could play the David Bowie song if they did. We we could be heroes. Right. See, I'm always thinking. <laughs> I'm going to work in the advertising. Are there any openings? Yeah. Maybe I'll be your intern. It'll be like some weird <laughs> fucking crisscross, strange world thing. Well, that's that, yeah, you know, that yeah. movie, The Interns, is coming out, where Vince Vaughn is an intern at his yeah. age. I know. Those oh, guys love playing. Yeah. Hey, now, now we have to go back until we're 21 again. Like the college uh, movie, yeah, you know, this back and that, to school, and the fucking, fucking wedding, and we're, in that, we're at a wedding. and Yeah, yeah wedding crashes. Yeah. Hey Pepper, you're gonna fucking bet me that th this thing now that you're drinking half my bottle of bourbon. Pepper, you don't even like it though, huh? It's good. You're making fucking faces. Yeah, see, I take nice sips. At least I'm not making yeah. faces. He takes a fucking big swig and then acts like it's hey, paint thinner. Ronnie, I told you when uh, when we were here and you challenged us. You said you guys got to do a drinking show for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. On March 17th, this guy barely even wanted I know, to drink. I, I woke you up forget, at but we talked. Oh, that's right. We talked <laughs> at, at the hamburger place. Yeah, and we talked on the air that night. <laughs> <laughs> we were on the phones with each other because he wasn't showing up, and you were with listeners. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh yeah, before the, before the show started, <laughs> I couldn't get it together, man. Fred, I'm worried about you. When you start your new job? Uh Monday. Fuck, it's oh, over. Monday. Yeah, I know. You I got a job pretty quick, huh? The kid's fucking, you know, it's fantastic. Faster than me. Yeah, that, I mean, they work, stuff that I did know like, we want to bring you in to be like a month and a half. Do you like sleeping in though? It's fantastic. <laughs> Morning radio is the worst. It is the worst. I thing mean, ever. I love the station. I, I, will, I will never talk bad about the station. I'll talk yeah. badly about Tom Brennan. That, that, that motherfucker can kiss oh, my no. rosy red dick. Oh, no. You understand me, Tom Brennan? And if Kristen Florio, if you're listening to the Ron Fed Show, because I know you do, you can tell him personally. I said, Tom Brennan, suck the jizz out of my dick, my big black cock. That's, you know what? Let me just say he's drinking yeah, and he probably shouldn't be on the air. I apologize. Cool. Yeah. 
Again, I'm saying I love the station that I was at. It doesn't sound like it, no, though. No, it, it, I love the station, not the GM. Well, you do like the GM a little bit, you know? He's he, a... he can eat my fucking <laughs> dick herpes, is what he can eat. I'll fucking scrape him off onto a plate, and I'll put him on a piece of pizza, and you eat him off, you motherfucker. I'm going to get you back one way or another. I have no, no idea not. how I am. No, you're not. Oh you're just Not tricky. physical, but no, I will get you or, back. Or anyway. And no way. Everybody goes on and does their own thing. Not me. So you're uh, you're starting on Monday, are you, Fred? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta get. I I haven't had a nine to five job in a while. No. Gonna, I I'm just gonna take a nap in the afternoon. Yeah. Like, you I like, do what I do. Just take a nap. I love afternoon oh. naps. All right. Is there anything better in the no. world? I can sleep better in the daytime than I ever could at night. Same here. Oh, yeah. And, and then it, it allows fast. you to watch the Denver Nuggets, Golden State Warriors last night, which ended at fucking 2 in the morning. Yeah. Which the oh, NBA has got to get a hold of. Yeah, those, those I, know they, I know it's a West Coast game. Mm -hmm. You can't have people, which was, it was a great game, and right. I had to stay until really 2. Till 2. Right. The only way that I can really feel sleepy... The, is an alarm clock going off. That makes me so nice and tired. Make sure you go to theinterrobang.com to see the filtered excellence this week. Plenty on there, including The Iceman, starring Michael Shannon and Ray Liotta that comes out. And uh, Free the Mind, a documentary about Professor Richard Davidson. There's things to download and pr plenty to do, including MCA Day in Brooklyn, New York this weekend. Uh, what were you asking, Dave? No, I, I, um, I know Fez had his hand up in the air. Yeah, he puts his hands up <laughs> when he thinks of something he wants to say. Oh, okay. I just wasn't sure if it was an exercise or, you know, he's trying to get blood flow in the right wrist. No. I didn't ask anyone about it. He says he never wants to step on anyone, and that makes him nervous. Oh, so nice. Chris Stanley came up with the idea that he could raise his hand. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, what? What's wrong with that? Because, because what? Why don't you just let Fez talk, Pepper? Well, if he, well, he's nervous. That if he doesn't want to step on someone. All right. How about we? You get like a big game show buzzer for Fez, and every time he wants to talk, <laughs> he clicks in. So you're done with uh, improv. You're never going back, Fred. I'm going to keep trying. Don't. I feel like don't don't. All right. I guess I. Give up on your dreams. That's what I'm about to do. That's what I've always done. <laughs> you should have had any in the first place. <laughs> That's uh, what I fucked up. Right. I, oh, uh, I, I think I can still make it though. I think I can still. If I just you give can't. up my dreams, what, in some grind in a Madison Avenue, basically a sweatshop. Coke Logic <laughs> said that to me. I don't know why, but Ron, <laughs> now you're looking at it. Uh, Coke logic. And I'm hoping that this is Photoshop. <laughs> yes, it is. I just can't believe Peppy is that happy with it. <laughs> oh, Coke logic God. says, look, can I, can I yes. see close, more closely. It's, yeah. It looks depressing. It is. It's going to be oh, the next shirt. Geez. I would put it on Instagram, but I'd be banned forever. Keep that away yeah, from the world. Yeah, you can't be banned. Keep that from away from the world. All right, Fred? Yeah. Congratulations because you're giving up but starting anew, okay? Thank you. You're I, not selling out. You're buying in, son. You're like a soulless phoenix with no hope or plans. You're like that piece of shit on, uh, on The Office who gave up on his Philly job and went back to Scranton last night. What? Oh, God. Was that the finale? No, it's a lead up to the finale. I hope so. I hope Dwight burns the office down, killing everyone in there, and he's the only one left alive. Dwight's character has changed so much. Uh, he had a very positive I, night last night. 
Maybe I should check that episode out because that sounds a lot like. Was me. Dwight? Am I am I wrong? Dwight was also in Almost Famous, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rain he Wilson. He, was, uh, he had a very small part. He was with the Asian guy, the editor at the yeah. end. Yeah. Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if he had a line. He was just doing thumbs up and thumbs down. <laughs> but it's weird because it seems like it seemed at least like Almost Famous came out so much longer before the American version of The Office. You're right. But maybe I, I don't know. No, it seemed like it was a couple years before. At least, though, I thought, right? It wasn't Almost Famous, like, 98, and The Office oh, was I think when? Almost Famous was, like, 2000. Oh, you're right. Almost Famous was, like, that, It was 2000, because I was going out with a, uh, an English broad in the year 2000. We saw yeah. the movie together. And then when I took her to the airport... Did you just say you were going out with English Bob? An English broad. Hmm. And I took her to the airport <laughs> in September, right? And as I'm driving... And we loved Almost Famous. As, as I'm driving home, I turn on uh, the uh, radio, and uh, Tiny Dancer started playing. And oh, we man. loved Almost Famous. And like a fucking faggot, I cried <laughs> in a car. <laughs> While I watch the TWA no. plane go over the fucking Let ocean. Let me just tell you this. If you uh, haven't cried by putting a woman on a plane, you haven't lived. <laughs> now, here's the weird thing. <laughs> but I'm driving in my car listening to a tiny dancer. Here's the beauty of it. Then when you leave the airport and you're driving back, you're like, well, you know, I, know. I think that went good. You treat it like it was a show. Yeah, right. You know, like, I think I did pretty good there. She yeah. really is going to remember this time. Uh, I mean, uh, I was a little bit embarrassed, you know, for myself. This is, a, this is a tough song you know, for me. I just I'm watched not, this the lie. other night. It's a great movie. Yeah, but she's got a kid now. She's all she's all happy. She's on. You know, she's doing her own thing. Yeah, good for her. You should have people in the past that you don't hate that you still think fondly of. And we never had a breakup, happen. but yeah. it was a long term thing. But sure. I'm very happy now. I've got a wonderful uh, wife and the kids sure. and everything like that. And but it, see, what I'm trying go. to say is that was you each had a positive period of time. Not every not everything has to be negative in your past. You should have right. some people that you still care about and hope good things. But you're not trying to get back together. No, you're with. right. You're right. I mean, unlike you know, like this uh, chick uh, Carol Ann, who is British. Who I fucking I hope a big anvil drops on her and Tom Brennan fucking's head. Well, hopefully, she's you know. I, I I I I swear to God, I hope if you're listening, Caroline and Tom, you you something bad happens. I'll not just, not I'll, physical. You never want to put that karma out there. All right, that's bad for I everybody. I take it back. Well, no, you know what? I'm, if if fucking bad karma comes my way, I'm prepared. You're going down, Tom. And you you are too, Fred. What? <laughs> I don't want to You heard him. Fred, you knew this was coming. Fred, I don't oh. think we'll even see you anymore now that you're fucking with the tie set. I was so I I know, that's the other thing. It's like if I have a job, I can't come in. I can't, no. like... No, we don't watch that. Am I supposed to go to the grocery store, and, you know, after work like a regular person? Yeah. That's what uh, happens. What? You're growing up, Fred. Yeah, Maybe Fred. We'll probably thing. catch you every once around the cl around the club. I've got uh, a lead on a job that may start in uh, June. What you be doing? Sell vacuums. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, it's, it's me and you, pal. All right. Are you serious? Yeah. Vacuums. Um, yeah. The uh, I, 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 I went to a place. He was. He basically said you have the job, um, but it doesn't start till June. So unless I get a gig, will in you be in a store radio, or? 
Door to door. No, door to door salesman. I have to assemble the fucking I vacuums. I don't even do that anymore. <laughs> Kirby's. And I go, he goes, I've seen your resume that uh, you work for Sirius XM. I go, absolutely. He goes, and we have a lot of celebrities sell Kirby's. Willie Nelson sold Kirby's. <laughs> I'm like, just fucking tell me how much I get paid. You're a good company. I don't want to hear, don't try and bond with me in some weird way. <laughs> You and Willie Nelson. He did it two years yeah. ago. 9,000 channels in serious. I can't fucking board up for somebody. Not even talking about a host. I hope he's not listening now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Knowing the way you talked about your ex-bosses as it is. No, he just that. came he, out of the meeting has... and started drinking a bottle of bourbon. And he's now bad-mouthing his old bosses. Bad-mouthing suits. <laughs> no, but that, this, that guy is worse than you. It's your chance to play either or neither. Oh, Is come on. A, we already did either that. Either Beatles lyric or a Manson two, two quote. You can play again. that now on the Intero Bay. I, I would rather you, you push in the Weekender with this uh, great prize. It's awful. The Liz Sets Fire uh, magic. I got 75% on either and neither. Either and, or neither. And I got 100% on the Weekender. I got so much that, you know what, Rob Fitz is going to give me the fucking t-shirt. You guys are going to be out in the cold. I want you to wear it while you're selling vacuum cleaners. Anyway, buy these Kirby's, man. Hey, you uh, ever get any dust? <laughs> Who does it? Am I right? Maybe I'll bring my puppet with me. You're right, Davey. That's right. Right, little Davey? Yeah! Why do I think this is going to end in a rape, murder, suicide? <laughs> Well, I gotta go. I gotta go, guys. No, no come on. What the fuck, man? You called us. You called Rob <laughs> Bennington. What is this? You'll call someone and then say, hey, I gotta go. You gotta bring it, Fred. He's gotta go get his fucking shirt clean. <laughs> hey, hey, give me the address of your place. I got some Kirby's to unload. If I can sell four of them, I'll make my quarter that week. All right, send me an email. We'll hook something uh, up. See you, Fred. All right, pal. Love you, kid. We'll get these things moving. Bye. All right, see you. The nice guy. <sighs> he designed so a, a beautiful thing. I hate this fucking economy we Entertainment. have. Entertainment. Listen, they don't call it showbiz for nothing, Ronnie. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's true. It is true. All right, we got to do a break here, and then uh, we'll be back with Unmasked. Davey Mac, great to see you. Thank you for having me. I cannot wait to listen to Alan Alda Unmasked because he is—he truly is my favorite Woody Allen actor, and uh, obviously the Mash is the best. <laughs> the Mash. The Mash. The Mash. He did the Mash. <laughs> the Korean <laughs> Mash. It was Korea. Uh, you got anything you need to plug? Uh, Dave Max Sports Program, 7 p.m. tomorrow night, live. Eastern. Eastern. 7 Eastern. It's going to be good because we got Kentucky Derby coverage and then goes right into Nets Bulls Game 7. There. You Come guys going to be drinking for it? <laughs> no, I have a, a, an engagement. Yes, oh, we are. Yeah. We're, I'm going right, to make Dave fine. drink. Fine. How about a high-end show? Okay. Yeah. We were Spark high, one we're, up first. We yes. were high-end on 420. Were yeah. you? Yeah. Was it weird for you to be on the air then? Yeah. It was yeah. strange. Good. <laughs> good. All right, we're going to uh, head to the break. Uh, enjoy the Alan Alda, and um, we'll see you back here on Monday. Alan Alda next. Ron Bennington. Right. All right. Taz Wally. Yeah. This is the, the Ron and Fez Show. It's the new scripted comedy from IFC, and it starts tonight. It's called Marin.
And, of course, starring Mark Marin. Mark Marin actually playing a TV version of himself, so that's perfect casting. Mark Marin as Mark Marin on Marin tonight on IFC. That starts tonight. The premiere episode starts at 10 in the East, 9 Central on IFC. You'll see Mark as he goes through his two loves in his life. Of course, one being his podcast, the other one his cats. The show's being called Uniquely Fascinating, Absolutely Compelling, and Brutally Funny. And Marin's got great guest stars this season, including Judd Hirsch playing his dad, Gina Gershon, Aubrey Plaza, and Adam Scott. And in tonight's episode... It's Dave Foley, Dave Foley guest starring with Mark Marin as they go after an abusive fan on Twitter who's been tormenting Marin. Tune in tonight to Marin that starts tonight on IFC 10 in the East, 9 Central. It's Marin. <laughs> yeah. Alan Alda working the room, working making sure. The room, yeah. Oh, were we on already? Yeah, when I did that? we're on. <laughs> I thought that was beforehand. No, no we, we got a chance to see the Joe Tynan act where you go through and work everybody's hand. I didn't shake everybody's hand. <laughs> but they look like they'll vote for me anyway. They will vote for you. <laughs> they will vote for you. Uh, so great to have you here. And what a kind of fun time this is for you. Uh, you're getting To a, be here with you. Yeah, to be here with me. <laughs> Can you imagine? You've made it so far now. <laughs> Things are finally going your way. I know. Thank God. I've dreamt about this. I was a little boy, nine years old. <laughs> well, one of us has been dreaming about this since they were nine. I'm not sure which one. Yeah. But, but uh, it's so much fun, everything that you're doing now with Stony Brook. And uh, it seems like you've been working... Well, how long now have you been involved in scientific stuff? Well, a long time. Uh, I think I started doing science programs on PBS almost 20 years ago. I can't really remember. And still that same passion is still there today. Oh, yeah, more yeah. so. I mean, the, in the course of that, of doing those science shows, like Scientific American Frontiers and two or three other series we did, um, I, I, I've got an understanding of how I could get the scientists to be more personal and more direct and, and clear about what they had to say by making personal contact with them. You know, I would, I'd, I'd really make them talk to me and explain to me what they were talking about mm -hmm. and to, to drop the jargon so I could understand it. It was, it was, I was sincere about that too. I didn't know more than I, pretended to or i didn't know less and i can't remember i got into that sentence and got in trouble <laughs> yeah right but, but uh I, I i didn't try to be i didn't try to be dumber than i was and i didn't try to be smarter than i was i tried that second one for a while and that really didn't yeah. work it's no good to pretend you know what you're talking about if you're interviewing somebody sure. you, um, you must have found this too yeah because you can box somebody in with a question that doesn't really 
relate to what they know or what they do. And then they have to like squirm out of your question because they don't want to be impolite. Mm -hmm. So I would start out from not knowing anything, which is pretty much where I was. And, and then they would have to really make it clear to me. And then I realized that if they didn't have somebody like that to talk to, they would go on probably lecturing and go into right. lecture mode when they talk to an audience or when they wrote a, an article. So what, what could we do to help them be more personal the way they were when somebody sincerely wanted to understand them? And then I realized that I, that I could, there were things I knew about communication that I could pass on to them if they were willing to get in the same room with me. For instance, improvising. What, what I learned as an improviser, and not, I don't mean comic improvising, I mean the kind of improvising that Viola Spolin, like 60 or 70 years ago, invented, um, which are very rule-based and uh, lead to connection between the players, which then turns out sometimes to be funny because it's just, it just makes you giggle when you see people connect. Right. And, and, I experimented with some scientists, young scientists, and it really did help them connect with the audience that they wanted to talk to. And then we could apply some of those same things to teaching writing. They they learned the writing skills better once they had done the improvising. So it was a whole set of um, realizations and epiphanies we had that there was something that we could do to help them be more communicative. And they love it. They really and we've seen un unbelievable transformations. Well, we have a couple that are really good yeah. at it today. Bob Green is fantastic. Neil deGrasse Tyson is very comfortable with it. And you can see that these guys actually get fans, mm -hmm. you know. And that's, I think, where you want to get them to, where people can say, I want to follow their work from this yeah, point. Yeah, you, you want to hear what they have to say if you can understand it. But it's not, and it's not only the public, you know. The, um, the public, first of all, has to support science if science is going to get funded because right. they'll complain uh, to their representatives but it, when scientists go to the representatives in congress and try to explain the science there's it's unbelievable how many members of congress have said they can't understand the scientists and why would they give money to people who are doing work they don't understand right well, they they tr they've tried that they, they, they kind of do that <laughs> all the time. Right. And, and it doesn't really work, you know. Well, the media also will run back and forth and, you know, bring up some research thing that they don't understand and make yeah. fun of it. And that sets yeah, there science was a, back. Uh, I, uh, was it Senator Proxmire yeah. years ago, a couple of decades ago, used to have the Golden Fleecing Award. Mm -hmm. And he would he would find some obscure... Um, study on like um, how bad is mouth b mouse breath or something like that you know? <laughs> yeah right and and he would say isn't that stupid they're studying mouse breath and uh, and denigrate all of science when in fact he that mouse breath study might have been very important uh, on, on the road to curing cancer or who knows what but, right. but he would find something that sounded stupid and give it an award which was, I always thought, kind of anti-intellectual. I didn't know why he did it, because he seemed to be a smart guy. Well, anti-intellectual, I think, helps politicians. I'm a regular guy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm more like That's you. That's true, yeah. I not think like you're these right. eggheads, yeah. uh, you know, and it, it seems to help them get over. So you want to bring science uh, to a place where the American public can understand it. Yeah, and, and, and you know what we find, that the, it, it, it helps with the public, 
it helps with people who are setting policy and and giving grants Mm -hmm. for them to understand it better. And it helps scientists communicate with one another. Because interestingly, if a scientist is not in your exact field and maybe even in your own laboratory, but is separated by some intellectual distance from you, you might not understand each other very well. The same word is used by two different scientists to mean different things sometimes. And and this is all for a good reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you don't want scientists to stop using technical terms when they're doing their science because it's more efficient and it's more accurate. But you can still be accurate and clear when you're talking to people who don't speak your language. And if scientists can understand one another across disciplines, they can collaborate better. And more and more new things are happening, really valuable things are coming around because two different disciplines that never got together before are now suddenly able to get together. And they can get together more quickly and better if they can be clear with one another. Clear and vivid is all we're trying to do, not to dumb it down and make it make it um, oversimplified. You know, remember Einstein is supposed to have said, a thing should be as simple as possible, mm-hmm. but no simpler. No, no simpler. <laughs> well, and I guess since, they're, since the Internet, they're all able to read each other's work in real time and work yeah. together where if you think of Einstein... If he wanted to talk to somebody else, he probably had to get on a boat to go yeah. and do it, you know? Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, well, they would send letters to each other. Um, it's funny, I, that period of time when he was doing his breakthrough work, uh, that whole, for five or ten years in there, really seems very vivid to me because I've read about him. I did a little theater piece about him based on his letters that we did at the World Science Festival a couple of years ago. I think we're going to do it again this year. And I also wrote a play about Marie Curie, and, and who was alive at the same time. He, he, he said about her, uh, there was a time she was involved in a scandal because um, she was, after her husband was dead, she had an affair with a married man. And that was really, it was okay for him, but not for her. But not for her, yeah. But, you know, I mean, then at, at the time, women just weren't allowed to behave in any way like men or have men's ambition so einstein wanted to defend her and he said to to a friend i don't think she had an affair she's about as alluring as a herring (laughs) (laughs) i I don't i I, it's funny when you see those pictures of him with his shock of white hair you don't think of him as a ladies man but he was his younger pictures he looked kind of arrogant about about how he thought he could uh, bowl you over with his charm. Well, it had and he to... did. He had a lot of a uh, lot of uh, friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was the alpha dog, I guess, of his I, time, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, if you were going to be with a scientist, right? Might as well. <laughs> so, hey, hey, honey, do uh, you like relativity? <laughs> And Brian Greene with the with like string theory, he could re- if he weren't happily married, he could really do well now. Yeah. He he does have groupies, I believe. Yeah, I bet he does. They follow yeah. him around. Yeah, and uh, he's know. a wonderful guy. You know, I'm very curious, and every time we meet and we see each other a lot because we work together on the World Science Festival, I always just out of the blue ask him some question that about something I've just been reading that day, and he stops whatever he's doing and he explains it to me. He loves to explain. That's what I love about scientists. Yeah. They love to help you understand new things, and 
and they don't you know they they don't speculate with you they 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 tell you about what seems to be really known and because they love to teach like that i want to make it possible for them to make it clear to more of us because they can because they will then have a greater ability to make it clear well see i think that's what was great about the shows that you would do is because you would go in there uh ready to learn because a lot of men find it difficult to say geez you know slow this down explain it to me well yeah I, i had to go through a period where i was willing to to not know in front of the camera mm-hmm. you know I'm, there was a critical moment where i was interviewing carl sagan and i thought the interview went really well and afterwards the producer <laughs> said well, why don't we have a cup of coffee <laughs> <laughs> coffee is a sure anybody asks you for a cup of coffee don't yeah. go <laughs> he said, uh, I couldn't understand why you wanted to look smart during that interview. Right. And I, I, my face got red, and I, my first reaction was to deny, you know, <laughs> to myself, that, oh, what's he talking about? And then I thought about it, and he was right. I was trying to look smart. And the funny thing is, you get smart by asking questions, not by looking smart. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you know something. And I and I began to learn more because I would really ask basic questions and I'd say, it it really doesn't make sense. So tell me again, it doesn't match what you just said a minute ago to my mind. And then they'd have to make the connection for me because one of the problems is we often don't make the connections. We're we're so used to the connections. We say there's this and then and then there's that. And and how'd you get from this to that? And that that's how we can understand it. That's how we can put our fingers on it. But the but the thing about it, I think that's so great, is that you show uh, that science is fun because yeah. we we didn't grow up that way. You know, we were in no. school, and they kind of beat our natural curiosity out of us as we, you know, tried to use our memory for different things. I re- my experience in school, which was probably way earlier than yours, was that questions. They, they, you weren't in, you weren't invited to explore a subject. You were asked to remember what they told you. Yeah. And I remember one biology class where the teacher said, uh, "We it's been learned that crying releases certain toxins and it's good for you." So I raised my hand and I innocently said, "Well, what about laughing? Does that do anything?" He said, "Please, we're serious here." <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> and about thirty years later, they came up with the idea that laughing is good for you. Sure. So I hope he rots in hell that day. <laughs> Only I believed in hell. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> what a breakthrough. <laughs> There is no heaven, but there is a hell. Yeah, right. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, did did your experience in acting help you in this? Like, do you create the kind of role of an interviewer, though? Or do you... Oh, not at all. No, no. I, just, I just no. But my experience in acting, the only thing I ever studied in acting, or the only kind of training I ever had was in improvisation, uh, and that I use. That to me, that was the most. One of the most valuable things about learning to act was learning to improvise. And I use that. I use it in conversation with people because it's basic. It's not making things up. Improvising is not making things up. 
that's writing. And, 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 and one of the things you're encouraged not to do when you improvise is to write on your feet to keep your mind working on stuff inside your head. The main thing about improvising is to get in touch with the other person, observe them carefully, read their face, read their voice, read their state of mind. And that makes things come out of both of you that you didn't know were in there. That's where, that's where the, the unexpected things you both say come from. And that's why it's funny, even if it's not jokey. In fact, it's, it's almost never jokey. But but it makes you giggle because you're seeing something real take place. Right. Which is unusual. Yeah, you know, it is unusual. Yeah, particularly on TV. Yeah. You know, to see something or, real. Or when husbands and wives talk. Mm-hmm. That, that's it's unusual for them <laughs> yeah. sometimes to listen to each other. Don't, isn't that a, that's a weird thing of seeing a couple in a restaurant and they go through a whole meal and don't say anything to one another? No. And then I, I've, I once I... More than once, I've seen the, the woman after about forty-five minutes point to the food and say something, and he would go, "Huh." Oh. <laughs> but at least she was working on it. <laughs> yeah, it was getting a little at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but the fact is to go back to what was fun about science is about being curious, and most people, I think, as we lose any curiosity or or put it behind us, that's when boredom sets in mm-hmm. and. We think we know it all. Yeah. And one of the, the great things that I see what you do with science is they're not only really uh, excited about some of the really big things, but you could bring them almost any problem to solve and suddenly it's fun for them. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and one of the things I, I would love to see happen is scientists get more communicative. And all of us can get more communicative. It's not me putting myself above them at all. I've gotten better as I've focused on this. One of the things I'd like to see is the public getting an awareness of the way scientists think and to think more like them, to base their ideas, their opinions more on evidence, to question the evidence, question where it came from. I mean, uh, it's habitual with me now when somebody says, you know... Taking vitamin L really improves your sex life. And I like to say, where did you read that? Right. You know, was that in Hustler? (laughs) (laughs) Because then it would make sense. Yeah. (laughs) There's the data that you're looking for. (laughs) Well, I think what's great, too, is that, that they can fall in love with not knowing the answer. Where I think the public, most of us, want a quick answer we're used to quick answers and that's why the media will try to give us a quick answer or politicians will try to give us a but to but to relish uncertainty yeah and i I think of it as surfing uncertainty you know you get you get by you don't sink into uncertainty but you just manage to skid along the top of it and get somewhere but you it's like I mean, it's it's. I guess it is a little like skimming across the ocean. You don't want to sink in and drown, but you want to get someplace. But you have to recognize the existence of the ocean, and you have to accept it and use it. Uncertainty can get us many, many places. We don't need to get to certainty. We we need to get more and more understanding of where we are and what we're involved in. I think that that's my view for me. I mean, I can't tell other people what to think. Well, I can, but they don't think that. (laughs) (laughs) But if you can embrace that, if you can really hold on to that, it can become very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. it can. It really can. 
that <clears throat> that I don't see um, I don't see more enjoyment. I mean, I've had it both ways, and I don't see more enjoyment in believing I know the answer to most things than in knowing I don't know the answer to most things, almost anything, and and just trying to find out more about it. It's just fun. It's more it's more playful. It is, you know, people who know the answer to things don't seem as playful as people who, what, what did I start to say? I, I got lost in the middle of that. <laughs> people who seem to know the answer, think they know the answer, but don't seem as playful as people who don't really know and they just want to fool around and see how far they can get. And then when it is playful, um, suddenly it doesn't feel like work anymore. Right, exactly. And yeah. I think yeah. that's that, That's why I would think that education could improve if it got more playful. And, and yeah. then I read this article. Did you read this a couple of weeks ago by, a, I think, an economist who said we're spending, wish I, I got to look it up and find his name. We're spending too much money on on education that comes too late, that we should be making sure that babies and early, you know, and ch young children are spoken to and read to more. And that would develop their brains better. And when they get into school, you don't have to do so much remediation. Or any. Well, remember how much when you were a really little kid, you were into research. No matter, yeah, you oh, go I into was. that backyard yeah. and everything, you know, caterpillars, ants, all that stuff, yeah. you're curious about the world. And then somehow along the way, we start to squeeze it that out. That may be a natural process, too. I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to blame it on education completely because uh, there are a lot of wonderful teachers. And, and we, we've all had one or two teachers, at least, who opened our minds and our hearts and who we knew were really worried about and caring about how mm -hmm. we were doing, not just intellectually, but as people. And 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 they probably teach well, or I felt they taught me well. But there's there's still something that we could do, I think, to make learning happier and more fun I, I certainly i see but my education was a long i mean my formal education was a long time ago since then i've learned most of what i know um from other people and from reading my my the actual years i spent in education they only taught me i think two things one was to think clearly and the other was to use language and everything else has kind of been superseded by reality. That, for instance, I, I remember a geography class in grade school where I had to learn how many tons of coffee Brazil produced that year. I yeah. really don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't care then very much either. Mm -hmm. And it didn't really... What difference does it make? I don't yeah. quite get it. Unless you know how many tons were produced by everybody else and what difference it makes to, the, to that country and the whole world. They never got into that. Yeah. That would be interesting. And, of course, like you said, it, when they're having us memorize whatever about John F. Kennedy or, Li or Lincoln, they don't teach us how that person started to think to get to that point. Yeah, that's and right. And I, I think that's some of the great work that you've done in, with these scientists is figure out how they get from one point to the next. I think that's really important. And I, I want to see the, the, you know, science is a great detective story. And when it's presented like a detective story, like we were trying to find this out because it was so important, equivalent to who did the murder. Here's where we looked. 
didn't work. It was a blind alley. Oh, we felt terrible. We didn't know what to do. Somebody said this. Try that. Oh, that didn't seem possible. We tried it. Oh, my God. Look what happened. You know, that's that's fascinating. But you don't get it that way, especially in in the um, the more abstruse articles. You get the answer first and then and then everything is sort of um, it's not it's not exciting after that. You know, you sure. don't, you don't, you're not led to it. Um, but. I was going to, you reminded me of something else. And, I, and this is the thing about improvising. If you, st- if you don't stay in the moment, you can't stay in any other moment. <laughs> <laughs> so do go on. Uh, um, well, uh, now you don't even know what to say. Who, no, who? <laughs> out of Maybe all, somebody over here. <laughs> what would the, you like to know? You know, I, I checked with them earlier and they were just like, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, out of all the people that you met, was there somebody that re- or, or studied? Was yes, somebody, you, you. Just me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I know that you, you did the work on Feynman and stuff like that. Oh, was yeah. He, I never the, met Feynman, Richard mm-hmm. Feynman, the great yeah. f- physicist. But I did a play... Um, about him, and I loved playing Feynman. Um, there was one guy I always think of. Uh, his name is Verme, and uh, I interviewed him on Scientific American Frontiers. And he he studied shells, and he was interested not in beautiful shells, but in shells that had a hole almost drilled all the way through them, because that was a turning point in the evolution of that animal's history. Because a predator had tried to drill through and suck out the the animal under the shell, but the shell was thick in that point at that part of the shell and couldn't the predator couldn't make it all the way through. So that would have been a turning point. Its progeny would have had shells that were thick there, and he was fascinating about this. The interesting thing about him is that since he was three years old, he was blind. And he did all of this work on shells with his fingers. And he'd be talking to him. He'd have his hand in a drawer. And while he's talking, he's fooling with the shells. And he says, oh, I never saw one like that. <laughs> Interesting guy. Yeah. And, and you'll walk into something like that by trying not to research it too much. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I tried, in the beginning, I tried to read everything I could. Mm-hmm. And that gave me this false impression that I knew something. And I would start asking questions based on what I thought I knew. And I would really corral them badly. And I could see them squirming. And after the Carl Sagan coffee incident, <laughs> I, I, uh, I tried not to do that. And, and I became more comfortable and happier. And I learned more. I really learned more because I heard it from them instead of from my misreading of it. And I think, too, when you look back at your career, the fact that you played George Plimpton, mm. who kind of lived his life as, you know, as the, a participatory journalist, yeah, I guess, yeah. just leap into things, uh, let himself get turned over a few times until he understood. Yeah, and he was, it's interesting, even though he participated in the in the football he reported on with the Detroit Lions or in the New York Philharmonic playing a triangle. He never thought he was a musician or a sports person. He was reporting all the time. He was in there doing it to see what it was like and also to be able to talk to the other people who did it. So while I'm, I've made in a way made a, and with the science stuff, I've made a show out of me learning and I really am in there to learn. That's why I wanted to do it. But it's mainly 
in the service of helping them express what they've learned about nature through science. And also helping the people at home learn yeah, as you're doing yeah, that. Right. Um, yeah, usually if I get it, then they get it. Yeah. Or maybe they get it a step ahead of me, which is makes, <laughs> makes them feel like a million bucks. But also, even if you don't get it, you just go back to that thing of at least I have a, a really cool question to keep yeah. in the back of my head. Yeah, well, I, uh, it was rare that we came away without me finally getting some glimmer. Yeah. Because we, we, I'll just spend hours of tape. Just I took Eric Lander, the the dna guy i grabbed him by both cheeks and shook his head and i said i don't understand what you're talking about <laughs> and he was he's very good natured and he he backed down a few steps and got me into it but you know some of the people who do it really well feynman is like this i think neil degrasse tyson and, and dr green eric candell uh, is yeah. terrific but when they're really explaining it to you in a lot of ways, it feels like philosophy, and it also feels like comedy. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. just laid out in a way that is joyful. Yeah. You know, joyful. And philosophy is science without the research. You know, right? I mean, it's like, right. what do you suppose? <laughs> what do you suppose perception is? <laughs> well, perception is when a tree sort of gets in your head. <laughs> Right. That's and, true. Then, and then they start studying the brain and saying, no, the tree doesn't go into your head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so philosophy is science, but with wine. You can drink the whole time. <laughs> you can sit and drink the entire yeah, time. Yeah. And they're starting to get together. There are philosophers who are basing their work, I think, now more on science. Mm -hmm. and But they still, I guess, are uh, important to scientists in, in a way that uh, that they can take what's known about science and sort of integrate it into other things that are known and um, raise other speculative questions. I I have the feeling they don't answer questions as speculatively as they used to. Because mm -hmm. that used to be, they, unless they had been introduced to the scientific method, all they had to go on was speculation. Aristotle, maybe this, one of the smartest people alive at his time, he said some very stupid things. <laughs> he said some things that I think were wonderful. Um, about like um, drama, he he, I think was I think the first one to write about dramatic action. What is at the heart of a play that makes a play work, and it's at the heart of all acting. And um, in that same essay, the, the poetics, he he also said a woman is not a fit subject for a play, you know, <laughs> or a slave, or a slave. Yeah, he just cut out most of humanity. <laughs> yeah, just half. Yeah, yeah, you had to be like a rich guy. Yeah. And then, and then, um, but it, that, that, see, all of that stuff can change. That everybody should have an opinion. Everybody should express it because it's all on the way to getting somewhere, I think, as long as we listen to sure. one another and don't denigrate one another. And there's never one person that you could say they have it all. Right, right. Uh, someone said yeah. to me once, no one book, no one teacher. And I thought that was perfect. That's great. People yeah. ask me who's my favorite actor. I have, it's the same principle. There are moments, performances, or just moments in performances that I relish on the part of other actors. But no one has been consistently, overwhelmingly terrific. Or, you know, they're entitled to mistakes the same, same way everybody is. And Brando couldn't play every part. I mean, there no, was he couldn't play my father's part in Guys and Dolls. 
Amazing. You know, my father did this Sky Masterson and Guys and Dolls on Broadway. And then uh, Brando was cast for, I guess, understandable reasons. They thought he could do anything, but he couldn't do it as well as my father could. I don't say that because he was my father. Right. I say it because he had control over my mind. <laughs> <laughs> No one saw that one coming. <laughs> Especially me. <laughs> uh, your father was a fantastic actor, and you... He was, by the way, there's an example of what I was just saying. He was brilliant as Sky Masterson. Mm -hmm. He was not so good in many other parts. I, 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 I wouldn't say that in public if he were still alive, but, I mean, it, it is true that he was... He started in burlesque, and he had many... Um, of the many traits of the performer and not as many traits of the serious actor. And I think there's a difference. Sure. But he was a great performer and he, he had a, had contact with an audience that was so charismatic they just couldn't take their eyes off him. But he was playing a character in Guys and Dolls where he was a gambler who dressed sharp and was smooth and he could do that so well. N nobody else could play that part the way he could. Was it typecasting? Was no, it, uh... no, he was a very sweet guy. Yeah. Very, very gentle, very um, interesting. It was only later in life, because I had a competitive relationship with him for most of my life. It was later in life that I realized how he really never told me what to do. He was a controlling person, but he would always say, well, Butch, you know, <laughs> maybe that's maybe you ought to try this. I don't know. You know, like that. And yeah. It was very, um, very, very um, forgiving and easy with me i liked it i do don't you, know why i was so competitive with him well is that the reason why you entered the same field or did you feel competitive once you entered that field no i but <clears throat> no i think i was oh i don't know that's a good question i can't remember but i do remember when um when i got into acting i i deliberately went toward being an eccentric comic rather than a leading man because he had that sewn up so i wanted to have my own area you were going to go off and find your own spot yeah and then as i got older i had to be a leading man because that's i that's what i was the right age for mm -hmm. you know and uh so i i could accept that and didn't feel like did my own version of it you uh had the opportunity to have him on mash yeah you? yeah twice uh and that was uh Everybody was watching that on one hand to see the show, but also knowing this is you and your dad together. Yeah, and and I the first show was written by someone else. The second time I wrote the show and based it on our relationship at the time, which and it was in a loving way. And he was so generous; he didn't mind because I based it on the idea that I painted his character as a very controlling guy. He would say, "Well, why are you eating the sandwich that way?" You know. <laughs> and that would drive hawkeye crazy so all during the show they have this repartee going where they're getting on each other's nerves and then this was very interesting he read the script or he heard my idea for the script and he said you know i have an idea how about this they're at an aid station and there's an explosion and each one is wounded and he says, my right arm is wounded and your left arm is wounded and we have to operate together, each using the other hand. I said, 
Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and I thought, what a stupid idea that is. What what a tin pan alley idea. He's going back to burlesque and and then I said, Ah, the hell with it. He give him give him that. It's a it, it's, it's probably a good idea. Well, it was a terrific idea. And when we did it, this amazing magical thing happened. While we were doing it, we were as you said, we weren't just these two characters. We were father and son. And we were collaborating, each one the, the hand of the other. And it wasn't just the fake operation on the patient. We were getting through the scene together. We were as close as you can be. Our, our, our hands were cooperating with each other. And it became a, a very important moment that I remember with my father. And partly because I didn't make myself superior to him and think he has an idea less valuable than mine would be. I, and I began to realize he had a terrific idea and he gave us a moment as a father and son we might never have had. That's fantastic. That'll be $50 for that story. <laughs> I mean, you realize how valuable these stories are? <laughs> these are, yeah. Everyone's going to leave here just a better person. Just, uh, <laughs> everyone's going to call home. Dad? <laughs> You're not as stupid as I thought. <laughs> that is really uh, one of the first signs of maturity, isn't it? When I you, think it is, yeah. When you finally see that guy who you either idolized or were angry, whatever it has, as being a guy. You know? A person who makes mistakes the way you do and... You can sometimes be helpful. Sometimes you can give advice. Sometimes you can still listen to advice. Sometimes you just trade ideas or let each other be, not even have to have an effect on the other person. When you can do that with a parent or a friend mm. or the taxi driver, mm. then it's pretty good. You know, you made me think, too, when you said about writing those, uh, you wrote so much for MASH. When you got that show and became a big hit, most actors would have just thought, this is great. I'm going to ride this out. But you use that time to start writing and directing and yeah. adding responsibility. Well, I had always wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a writer when I was eight years old. And it wasn't until much later in life when I was nine that I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and my father took me out on stage with him at the Hollywood canteen where we'd entertain sailors and soldiers uh, and, um, uh, this was during World War II, and uh, we would do Abbott and Costello routines, and I was Costello. <laughs> and that was the first time I was on stage in front of a crowd, and it, it was amazing to me when I got the first laugh that I realized I had power over a thousand people who carried guns. <laughs> <laughs> it was really a terrific feeling. Um, I wandered off into an, an side alley just now again. I forget what we were talking. You well, mentioned we were talking about it was the, interesting. Yeah, the the fact that you used that time to become a oh, writer oh, yeah, and director. Yeah, it was interesting because it was about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I recognized the topic. Um, I always wanted to be a writer. That was what I wanted to be first, you know. And and I began directing movies when I was eleven years old. I had a, a little a wind up uh, Bell and Howell movie camera, and I would edit. I would. Uh, I think I. I think I even edited them in, in those days. But I would make up stories, and I had a horse, 
and I think I held somebody up. I was on my horse, and they were in a car. Because I didn't have two horses, so, <laughs> so uh, I had I had a little story. Did so I, I always wanted to do those things, and I I was able to improve my myself in in those jobs as I was on, while I was on Mesh. And knowing that this is going to lead to the next step for you, I mean, was that it, or was it just about doing each Mash episode on its own? Well, well, I was just trying to get better. That's yeah. all. <clears throat> that's all it was. I wasn't trying to, you know, advance a career or anything. I I don't understand uh, actors or people in the arts who have a five year plan. I don't think you can. Do you? No, I can't. Uh, I would like I mean, to. This is this, un- <laughs> <laughs> this is this uncertainty thing we were talking about. I mean, especially for artists or people in in the arts, you you. Uh, you don't know what's going to come around the corner. You don't know no. if you're going to get a drought or a, or a feast or or the locusts will hit. Usually it's the locusts. It's the locusts, but you just got to play it no matter yeah. what. With, yeah. When the locusts hit, you got to go, you how say, do I make this work? Tonight for dinner, we're having locusts. <laughs> we're having locusts, yeah. 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 Uh, when you um, would write and direct, it always would be about human stories, though. You were never yeah. an no. action guy. And I, was just talk- I talked to Cal Burnett not too long ago. About how much I love the movie. Did you movie. talk about me? Yes, I did. I talked about <laughs> Four Seasons. Oh, you did? And no. what a... I was kidding. Fantastic <laughs> film that was. And she said it was one of the best experiences she ever had. Oh, that's nice. We had a wonderful time making that because Carol and I were friends and um, a couple of other people in, um, in the movie were, were f- friends with me. And we all became friends. We had three weeks of rehearsal, most of which we devoted to becoming friends. And, and I said on the first day, we have to be friends by the time we shoot this movie because that's going to show on screen. And it's all about friendship. So everybody, it was so funny. Everybody immediately started telling bathroom stories about themselves. <laughs> it was kind of a, on a on a mad quest to be personal and and reveal themselves to one another. But it did break the ice. Yeah. I thought I would tell you one now. <laughs> but never mind. Well, I always love that film because of the fact that, uh, you know, you could see that film when you're 20. It might mean one thing to you. But mm. as you get your 40s and older, <laughs> yeah. uh, you you can see that if there's any kind of problem in the village, it affects everybody. Yeah, that's it? true. And and I, it's funny about that movie. I, I wrote it to a great extent from personal experience. There was a friend who got a divorce and he didn't tell me he was going to get a divorce. And I was mad at him for not telling him. It's none right. of my business. Right. You know? But uh, that's, that's, that's a, a big element in the movie. And, and yet, although I was really tr- very careful about how I structured it and I was working very hard on it, I didn't really understand what it meant. Well, or at least what it meant to me until it was all done and shot and I had to go around the country being interviewed about it. And then I suddenly realized what the movie was about. That to me at that time, it was about how you make friends with people and you go through. Or this is I remember now how I used to say it. You, you meet them in the springtime and everything, everything is blooming and beautiful. And then it's summer. And in the white heat of the summer, you start in the glow of the sun, you start to see them for what they really are. And then in the fall, the leaves fall away and you start to see really who they are. And then in the winter, you have to make a decision. Am I going to stick with these people forever or am I going to ditch them? And 
And it's funny, somebody stopped me on the street the other day and said, this is like 30 years later, said there's, some, there's a line in Four Seasons that's kept me going where Carol Burnett says to my character, I don't want to die without friends. So she's urging me to make peace with our friends and stick together with them. And I came home and told Arlene about it. I'm so glad I wrote that line in that movie because this woman said that to me. And Arlene said, I gave you that line. <laughs> <laughs> Screw her, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, somebody had to get it out there. Yeah, you know? somebody had to put it. Let her yeah. get a deal with a movie company. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who knows if Paul Revere, you know, came up with his line, but he you had to get the it out. Your company was sent by somebody. <laughs> somebody else. else. Oh my here, god! Here you go. Here's your line. Yeah, here's your Tell line. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's going over. Should it be the British are coming? No, the, the burgers are coming. <laughs> the burgers are coming. <laughs> Who ordered the burgers? <laughs> uh, another thing that uh, I think that is such a natural place for you is when you work with Woody Allen. Yeah. The Woody Allen films that you've done are some of my uh, favorite work. My, that one I was lucky to be in. I, lo I love the three I was in very much. The, but the Crimes and Misdemeanors, I think, is his That's, best movie. And one of the best movies ever made by our I agree. country. It's such a serious and and movie. And the, the fun, the humorous stuff is very human, not jokey. And, and, I, and I really love it for those two reasons. Well, you also get one of the great show business lines of, <laughs> yeah. if it bends, it's so funny. And I've heard And if it breaks, it's not. If it's not. Yeah. If it bends, it's funny. If it yeah. breaks, it's not. But I've heard people try to explain that type of thing when they're talking about well, how, Now, you started as a comedian, right? Yeah, I started as a Because you haven't been that funny today. No, no, today. <laughs> this is... Eventually, if you're not funny enough, they sit you down. <laughs> you don't stand up anymore. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Just That's sit down, so talk. Standing, you're funnier. <laughs> standing. If we were standing, I'd be killing this <laughs> So, so uh, when as a comedian, now I brought that up because you started as a comedian. You said something about oh, oh. So did you yeah. find that that it was true? If it bends, it's funny. If it breaks, it's not. Well, I think what happens is when people try to explain what they want you to do with your act they yeah. do this in radio and they'll go go up to the line but oh. not over and you're oh. like does that mean anything you, yeah. you know, does, how do you know when you're over the line yeah you don't know when you're but they feel like their job is done yeah right you know? and i was i was one night uh co-hosting the oscars with uh jane fonda and robin williams and robin williams you know is just like plugged in to someplace in outer right. space <laughs> and and he he would come off stage and he'd say to me in the wings, uh, what do you think? Is this tasteless uh, if I say this? And he'd say something utterly tasteless. And I'd say, mm -hmm. yeah, that's tasteless. <laughs> and he'd go out and say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know where he got his, uh, I mean, they kept it in the show and everything. So he, apparently he could get away with it. But where, how do you know where the line is? If you listen to some inner voice, how do you know who's speaking? It is exactly true. And I love that thing of of what you and Woody had yeah. in that film. I mean, talk about a controlling person. Oh, it, yeah, right, right. Yeah, trying to control his own biographical film. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Such good work. Um, is, there a, uh, is there a film for you that you're like, this is my favorite, or you like them all on different? 
No, I don't. I don't think about it. I think I had the most fun of the pictures. The pictures I wrote and directed. The one I had the most fun making was Four Seasons. Yeah, and and it was the most personal one I did. And my wife was writing a book about it at the time, and she's a photographer. And we used her pictures in the in the movie because one of the characters is a photographer, and and the pictures were kind of funny, and the photographer was a kind of obsessive person. So in the, in the rolling credits at the end, when they would say photos by Arlene Alder, there'd be like a gasp in the audience as they thought I was making fun of my wife. <laughs> yeah, right. But it was, she She was good-natured to make the pictures for the character. Yeah. You know? Because the character does get attack, attacked, kind of, yeah, for, for taking the, for, the for those weird vegetable pictures, <laughs> vegetables flying in the air. You know? <laughs> um, but that was the most fun for me. And, but it's all—it's interesting. Even the ones—the one where I had the least fun, I learned a lot of stuff, and uh, that's ultimately the best if you—if you learn, I, I think, for me anyway. But does it feel like that when you're directing the film and you're kind of lost from it? Uh, it's got to be. Does somewhat, it feel like what? But it's got to be a scary situation. You feel like at least I'm learning as I'm going oh, along. Through I don't this. remember ever being scared directing. Because yeah. I'm sort of arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that helps, doesn't it? It helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> no, I'm not, I don't think I'm really arrogant, but I, I, I do, I do put myself in the position a lot. I, you didn't ask me about this, but I'm going to tell you about Good. this great thing about myself. <laughs> I, I put myself in the position of not knowing if I'm going to be able to accomplish this thing. So I do, in a way, scare myself like that. I give talks at places where i have no business going <laughs> and uh and it's momentarily scaring and then scary i mean and then there's this tremendous sense of achievement if i can get away with it or or actually deliver the goods but heading there when you're driving there yeah you know, sometimes my heart's racing <laughs> like how do i get out of this yeah i once was giving a talk at the Grand Rounds session of the Psychiatric Institute at Cornell. Uh, please. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to say to a hundred psychiatrists? <laughs> so I decided to talk about what I knew about, which was fame. And 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 because um, I didn't think they would know an awful lot about that. But there are some connections because um, in fame, people think they know who you are. And in the psychiatric situation, there's transference where they... They have a connection to who they think you are, who you aren't necessarily. It happens on both sides. Sure. So I, I'm getting, I'm going to talk about fame, right? So I'm on, in the taxi cab, and we have to go to York Avenue or someplace. And I'm trying to remember what I'm going to say. And the cab driver has this radio program in Russian blaring from the radio. And then he's on the telephone yelling in Russian. And then he takes a wrong turn and starts taking me downtown. And I'm saying, would you first of all get off the phone because it's against the law and you're making me late? He says, I can't get off the phone. I'm on the radio. <laughs> he was a, calling into this call-in Russian radio program complaining about something and driving me all over New York. So I'm trying to get to this appointment where I'm supposed to talk about fame to psychiatrists while he's having his 15 minutes. Fame is a, a very strange thing. Um, I mean, it's 
particularly now, don't you think almost everyone wants to be famous or the even the 15 they, they minutes? They do. They yeah. do. You know, you know, what always shocks me is when and I know some rich people, really rich people, and they also want to be famous and they do things to get famous. Why would you, if you have money, if you if you can be rich without being famous, take it. <laughs> right. I mean that that's ideal mm -hmm. because it takes time and effort and money to be famous, and you don't really. Maybe you get a table in a restaurant, and then the service is bad because then they're they're busy thinking about what are you really like. <laughs> what are you really doing? Yeah. But you did aim towards fame. Uh, as I didn't aim toward it. I aimed toward trying to be uh, a good actor. And then I got into this thing that made me more famous. And you couldn't have gotten more famous than what you eventually got. I mean, you yeah. were on a TV show that the last night of that show, the last night of MASH, the country absolutely sat down and just watched yeah, Half the, the country watched at the same time. That was amazing. 125 million. People. Something like that. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody really knows, because in many places they were watching in large groups in at least one town. They took over the town hall and like half the town came in and watched it. So if they had a Nielsen box on their TV set, they thought one or two people were watching. Right. There were hundreds, but it, it was um, like 105, 110, I don't know, a million. And it was amazing. It, it was an amazing experience driving in the streets because we saw it on a big screen at at the 20th century fox studio and then we all went out to dinner together and as we were driving that's when the show was actually on the air and i suddenly said to the people in the car look at this the streets are empty they must be watching the show because at that time of night the streets were often clogged so it was a strange experience we really didn't understand how how much we had penetrated into the culture while we were making it. We never got that until it was over. And nothing like that will ever happen again because there's too many yeah. TV stations. Too many stations. It's the audiences, as they say, fragmented. But I always thought our audience was fragmented to start with. Right. That is true. Everybody watched that show for different reasons. Yeah, they did. I, always... I, had, I had mothers come up to me and say, oh, I just want you to know my son watched your show and became a doctor. Then the next one was, my son watched your show and joined the Army. <laughs> I said, did he watch the whole show? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of times people say, like, you'll see the list of greatest sitcoms, and they'll put that in them like a sitcom. I know. I They're hate operating. that word. I always hated the word. I would never yeah. call it that. It, it, first of all, it's even a misnomer for, for sitcoms, because it, they usually don't have a situation anymore. There used to be, used to be an uh, interesting, funny situation to get the characters into, and they'd have to get out. Now it's mainly uh, people standing up insulting each other. And then they sit on the couch. The couch is always, <laughs> the couch is always in the same place. Do you yes. notice that? And behind them is a staircase going up. <laughs> yeah. Archie Bunker lives. <laughs> yeah, it's the same set. Yeah, same yeah. set. Something's a little more upscale, a little more downscale. I think Fraser Fraser had a a little step up to the dining <laughs> yeah. level. But he was a professor, so that's sure. <laughs> that was considered a leap ahead. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> it's amazing how they changed television. Um, well, the science stuff that you're doing now, uh, and I do think it all ties back in together. For you know, when I read 
some of the stories that you've written that, that it always comes back to being curious mm-hmm. about the way the world works. You got into acting because you're curious about the way people work. Is there anything that you didn't get the chance to do that you wish you would have had the opportunity to do? I don't think so. I I think most of the things I there there were a couple of movies that I was asked to do that I couldn't do that that I thought later that one would have been would have been good to to be and I would have I would have learned a lot and I would have gotten better, um, but I, I don't really regret anything. I regret little personal things. Every once in a while, I'll be driving in the car, and my wife will see me wince. I'll go like this. She'll say, what, what? I say, no, that's 20 years ago. <laughs> something I said, I would have said something to offend somebody, or I would have been stupid about something and thoughtless. And it, You know how they say your life passes in front of you just before you're going to die? Yeah. Happen, that happens to me every day. <laughs> I, I'm constantly, I don't, and, and it's not real regret, it's just a cringe. Yeah, you need an editor. You need to sit there. Maybe I should smoke something. (laughs) Well, this is the right place for that. (laughs) Uh, I have to tell you, it's uh, you know, you know, we started this talking about the work, but for anyone listening, the I think the real important story here that Alan is teaching us is how to live a life. Oh, I wouldn't dare to teach you that. But thank you for saying that. You're doing it, my friend, Alan Alda. Everybody. Thank you. 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 Thank you.